And now, introducing a man who spent his Halloween night dressed as a clown fleeing police shouting, Homie, don't play that, after he was caught taking three pieces of candy from a bowl that only permitted two. His takes are as relevant as a 1991 sketch comedy reference. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Hope you had a uh, lovely Halloween weekend. I know my kids did, thanks to uh, Mr. Chris. Call him Verge. Love that guy. Chris Vaxakis, who uh, lives in my mother-in-law's neighborhood, one of our favorites for years, and he always goes way above and beyond for my kids. They are spoiled as F. They think it's normal to get, like, giant bags of candy from someone. Like, no, that's not a normal thing. It's, it's just... Happens to be that you there's a very kind person that lives in this neighborhood that uh, that cares about you guys and um, I, it becomes quite problematic because at some point at some point they're going to be too old for him to continue to treat them so well and then they're going to be confused they're going to be like I don't understand I thought it was Halloween and everybody got jo-. he gave them this is not a joke this is not a bit my buddy Chris I love Chris Chris is always very helpful with all of our uh, charity drives We're very involved in a bunch of different local charities. And uh, and Chris legitimately gave me because he found out they were super into Skittles, so he went and got a giant box of Skittles Freezy Pops too, Jesus. and was like, "Here's these as well." And I'm like, "What?" Man, man, your kids aren't gonna sleep for a month. No, not a chance, not a chance. But I hope everybody had a great Halloween weekend. Um, enjoyed the uh, Ravens bye week and just sitting around watching football watching the World Series, all of those things. It is, of course, today the most important holiday now in my house because we decorate in the night, baby. That's the way that it goes. I don't. Yeah, I cannot be bothered by a Chiefs-Giants game. There is decorating to be done. I am still looking. Admittedly, my, my old roommate and I are in charge of the decorating. Uh, he comes over every year, my old roommate, Matt, and we do all the decorating at my house, and we kind of half-ass the lights. Like, it's just what it is. As much as I, the joy that comes for me from decorating, I still admittedly half-ass the lights. It's just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And on a Monday night, I got to finish power rankings today. We got a show to do tomorrow. We got things, got stuff going on. I just can't put as much focus into hanging up the lights as I'd like to. So I am in the market to hire someone to come handle the lights and do it the right way, not the half-assed way that I'm going to do it. I am in the market. If you or you know someone who does this, because I know these companies exist, the problem is I made the mistake of like uh, putting in a request on one of those, was it Angie's List websites? Mm-hmm. Uh, Angie, God, she has a pain in my ass. She just emails me like three times a day now. Oh, I, did, did you find somebody yet? Did you find I'm like, my God, no, stop. stop. Stop being so thirsty. I get it. I'm a very desirable man, Angie, but <laughs> I'm taken. I'm married. I'm sorry. We can't do this any longer. So I'm looking for an actual human to talk to about this. If you do this or you know a company, you've used a company that's hung your lights in the Baltimore area. Now, I'm a little bit north. That was part of the problem. I had somebody that I thought was perfect for this. Uh, in fact, a friend of mine um, who used to be the SID at a, a school locally was like, this is what I do now. I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, but more like down south of the city, more like down Anne Arundel, Anne Arundel County and Howard County in that area, Montgomery County. It was like, uh, if if you know somebody else and I can make a trip up to, to take care of two of you in the same day, then I do that. I'm like, I'm not, guy, I love you, but I'm not. I'm not asking around to see who else needs their lights hung. I'm worried about me and nobody else. That's the way this goes. 
So I am still in this market. If you know somebody who does this, if this is something that you do or you know someone who does or you've used a company before that's quite good at this, I would like to pay someone else. I've reached that point in my life where I would be willing to do this in order to have a more professional-looking light display. I've got about a billion lights. I couldn't have any more lights. And we don't even hang them all up because, again, I half-ass it. But I, you, if you want to come do the Clark Griswold thing, I am all for it. I would love for my house to look that way. That's how festive, that's how jolly my ass is. But I ain't doing it myself. That's the reality of it. And I don't have a Saturday, unfortunately, because of my schedule, doing all this play-by-play. I don't have a Saturday that I can just dedicate to sun up to sundown, taking care of the lights. So I got to get it. Either it's going to be half-assed or somebody's going to come do it for me. That's the way it's going to go. That's who I am, a very important person, obviously. I have a lot of very important things, stuff going on. And if somebody can come up to uh, northern Baltimore County to take care of my lights, please let me know. Email me, uh, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. Was that an American Dad reference? What do you mean? The, a lot of important things. No, I, I don't know. On? It was just a, it was a generic. It, wasn't, it didn't okay. come from anywhere in particular. <laughs> okay. didn't come from anywhere in particular. All right, I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. Much to do on the program today. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to talk some trade deadline. Obviously, we are just a day away from the NFL trade deadline. Will the Ravens end up making a move? Did the running back market just get a bit more complicated? Uh, you probably heard this morning that Derrick Henry, the Titans, fear that they have lost him for the season. Waiting on confirmation for that. Not good news for fantasy football owners because Derrick Henry's a monster and, and normally is his best at the end of the year. Fortunately, it doesn't look so good. Um, might be behoove the Ravens as the Titans were appearing to be one of the tougher uh, outs in the AFC. So, you know, you never root for anybody to be hurt, but ultimately you'd rather face a Titans team in the playoffs that didn't have Derrick Henry than one that did. We're just going to be as honest about that as he possibly can. Um, but uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is going to join us. We'll find out who's really available, what really is the market for a running back or you know, offensive line help if that's what the Ravens need. I know a lot of people are reacting, apparently, like in Ryan Mink. And this is always the awkward thing. I think you guys know I stopped putting on um, anybody who's with the, the BaltimoreRavens.com because it's a very awkward spot. You're not really a reporter, but you're not really speaking on behalf of the team either. And it's not a knock on those guys who I like. I like Ryan quite a bit personally. Like Ryan and I used to hang out a lot and. We, you know, we have uh, very similar music tastes. And I, Ryan's a good guy. It's not a. I don't. I'm not knocking them. Somebody wanted to pay me to do that, by all means. But it's an awkward spot for the rest of us because you're not a reporter any longer. You work for the team. But you're also not really a spokesperson for the team. So it's an awkward kind of conversation. So Ryan Mink, you know, posted something on the website about, you know, there's there is a it's not a, a it's not a certainty that Jawan James couldn't end up it hasn't been completely ruled out that Jawan James could play and i have no idea what to make of that like no clue what to make of that because there's so many layers that i just don't know i don't know if Ryan Mink actually knows something or if somebody with the ravens was like you know let's not forget there's this thing or if he's just sort of on his own speculating and i have no clue what to make of that so I still would assume that they're in the market for offensive line help if it can be found because they don't have a lot of healthy offensive linemen. That's just the reality of the circumstances. Will they be able to trade for one? I don't know. We're going to talk more about that with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News a little bit later on, their NFL writer. I heard um, last week on the radio that they're hoping that Jawan James can play in December. 
Uh, but you still have a whole month. I, but I also, I just, where, I don't, know, I don't know who, like, I don't know where that's coming from. Right. I don't know who's actually, like, saying that. To to just say that someone has to attach themselves to it. There has yeah. to be a credible. I, I and I, and again, I'm. Mm, I would need someone to say I have information from the Ravens, and they believe there's a chance that Jawan James could play. Right. This comes off more like, well, remember when we and the way that I read it from Ryan Mink was like, remember when we asked John Harbaugh about Jawan James, he didn't like, and this was months ago, he didn't rule out the possibility that he'd be back at the end of this year. Well, is there an update to that? Yeah. Like we're we're in we're November now, like it's November first. Is there an update to that? Because if there is, that's significant. If we're still basing it off of something that John Harbaugh said months ago, that, that means nothing to me. Nothing at all. Is there an update specifically related to the idea that Jawan James could, could play at some point? And if it's in December, okay, but that's still four games away. Do you have enough offensive linemen to get you through to that point where maybe Jawan James could come help you out too? I don't know. I don't know. I would think they're still in the offensive line market. I, or at least still trying to poke around and see if they might be in the offensive line market. I can't. I don't know for certain. I read Jeff Zrebeck's piece this morning at the Athletic, who reminded everybody, you know, like the the Ravens were not working on a deal for Marcus Peters. The the Ravens were talking to the Rams about another player, couldn't get a deal done, and then Les Snead threw out. By the way, we're about to acquire Jalen acquire Jalen Ramsey. You guys interested in Marcus Peters? And Eric Koss is like. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I might very well be. I, I don't know. By the way, are we fired up? I just got a question. Are we fired up on the audio? Let me, let me see what MixLR looks like. I just want to make sure that we're, uh, we're good. Yeah, it looks good. Are we definitely signed in as, as us and not as the other one up in the corner? What's that? Is that is that Glenn Clark Radio or is that the other the other sign in? That's the other sign in, isn't it? We got to sign out and sign back in as Glenn Clark Radio. Oh, my apologies. We'll get that fixed. Sorry. We will get that fixed. We will be up on... Um, oh, you know what? Yeah, and then just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Because that still goes to... Eh. Nah, fix it. Fix it. We'll, we'll get that fixed. Our apologies. We'll get that fixed. Um, and we'll stream uh, to the right spot here in just a second. So sorry. So sorry. These things happen. Mistakes happen. And we fix them and we go from there. All right. Um, moral of the story being the trade deadline is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the trade deadline, and obviously there are things that need to occur. I think you need to sign in from the actual widget down there at the bottom. Um, yeah, you need to sign in there. Exactly right. Um, the trade deadline is tomorrow. We're going to talk to Vinny Iyer about it a little bit later on. He, of course, the NFL writer for the Sporting News. Also, Jeremy Connell join us as he does every Monday. We will chat with uh, Jeremy about uh, how his betting weekend went. It was a pretty good weekend for me in picks. I got a funny story to tell him about my betting situation and by funny story, I mean absolutely obnoxious, and I, I need the state of Maryland to get their act together immediately. I need immediately for the state of Maryland to stop effing this up so that we all can get about betting legally and with reputable companies here in this country. Please. Get it together. I heard some rumors that maybe this week, perhaps there was a possibility that there could be an update, but um, we will see. We will see. In the meantime, hope that you're playing underdog fantasy football. Use the code PRESSBOX 
Deposit up to $100, and we will match it, underdogfantasy.com, or download the Underdog app and use that code PRESSBOX in order to play Underdog Fantasy Football. <sighs> Very frustrating. Very frustrating. Yes. Uh, Stan was on the show, was on the, the bat around on Saturday, mm-hmm. and he was talking about, didn't the meeting get rescheduled? And they're yes, there's to? supposed to be a meeting this week. What, what comes from that, we will find out. Gotcha. We will find out what comes from that. We don't know as of yet, but there is supposed to be now be a meeting this week. And hopefully that will provide some good news and a positive update related to sports betting in the state of Maryland, although, again, still slow as molasses. But hopefully it'll at least be better than where we are at the moment. I hope that's the case. Um, yes, Matt Myers, who can honestly claim to be the best team in the AFC North right now. Well, I mean, the Ravens are in first place. So, you know, that's, they'll say they are the best team. That they're there. That's the way that and they should. They should feel that way. They are the first place team in the AFC North. But yes, obviously the Bengals thing was quite stunning yesterday. And while it's insane that the game ended the way that it did, when they clearly had a defensive stop and were going to get the ball back, and that's one of the more bogus like helmet to helmet calls I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. You still were in a situation where you were getting your butts kicked by the Jets, and that's on you. Like, you should never have been in a spot where one call like that could end up screwing you. And as I say constantly, bad calls happen throughout the course of games. We like to do the thing where one bad call because it happens or one questionable call because it happens late in the game is defining. And we don't like to go back and see the three calls that went the same team's way in the like second quarter of a game. It's just this hilarious bit that we do where we pretend like every game was decided by one call at the end of the game. It was a bad call, unquestionably. It was horrendous. But the notion that that was the only bad call, and I didn't, Lord knows, I did not watch all of the Jets and Bengals game yesterday, but I have no doubt that there were about five, six, seven, eight, ten other calls during the course of the game that were questionable, and some of those probably went the Bengals' way too. That's the way that sports works. This thing that we like to do where we try to make games come down to certain calls, I would prefer for all the calls to be right. I want to make that very clear. I would prefer that. And if I was a Bengals fan, I'd be seething mad, hopping mad, about that one in particular. But the notion that you got screwed or that's the only reason why you lost the game, no. Man, you're getting your butts kicked by Mike White. You probably deserve to lose the game. It's a reminder. We talk about constantly this thing where we make strong, we think we know, we don't. Because there was no world in which you would have possibly thought, not only the Bengals losing to the Jets, there's no world where you thought the Buccaneers were going to lose to the Saints yesterday. No world where you thought that was the case. There are plenty of games that were 50-50. There are plenty of games where you're like, well, I could see a scenario by which, like, I, if, if you were stunned by the Patriots beating the Chargers, it's because you weren't paying attention. I mean, I tried, we'll, do, we'll go over our picks here in a second. The, the Chargers' run defense is atrocious. And all the Patriots ever do under Bill Belichick is identify what your weakness is and try to take advantage of it. It wasn't a certainty that they were going to win, but you can't be stunned by that. You can't be stunned by the Steelers beating the Browns. The Browns have been frauds. Plain and simple. You can't be stunned by that. You can be stunned by the Jets beating the Bengals. That's stunning. And that's a reminder that every time you think you know something in the NFL, nothing matters from one week to the next. Nothing at all matters from one week to the next. It's the reality of the circumstances. It's a crazy day. In fact, why don't we just go ahead and do that? We'll recap our weekend in picks. 
And then allow us to talk a little bit more about what happened around the league. Picks recap brought to you today by Window Nation. Uh, you need to hurry. Window Nation's best offer ever ends at the end of the month. Get two windows free with every two purchase, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. The cold weather is here. Natural gas prices are high. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. So there's five of us competing in picks. Myself, uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, despite the fact, from the grave, from the grave, Kyle Ottenheimer still competing, um, as well as John Proctor, Ken Zalis, and Andrew Stetka. Of course, we pick uh, three college games, six NFL games every week. At the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, we are playing to avoid being the one who's got to come in here, get their back waxed, consume an entire tarantula, and then sing uh, Hero from the original Spider-Man movie. It was a good week for your boy. It was a very, very good week for your boy. Everybody else, uh, Andrew Stecka was over 500, so they're a decent week. Um, I went 7-2 this week. It was a great week for me. How happy were you after that late touchdown by Indiana? Oh, to get the cover? Well, I mean, yeah. I didn't. I, you know, it's funny. I'd actually for I I'd forgotten what the line was, and I'm trying to think of what. I think I I I don't know why. I remember saying to myself, "Oh, this is just enough time that Indiana could go down and score." But then I I said. Well, yeah, but if they do what they're supposed to do, they go down, they get into field goal range, and they kick the field goal immediately, and then they like they're only they lose by seven instead of losing by three, and I don't get the cover in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was convinced that was what was going to happen because that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you're down by two scores and you got to get an onside kick, you're supposed to go down, get into field goal range, kick your field goal, try for the onside kick, go from there, and then have as much time as you can possibly have right. in order to go get the touchdown. But they did this weird bit where they like got 60 yards on one play, and they were down inside the 10. And so instead of just kicking the field goal, they were like, we might as well go ahead for the touchdown. And I was like, well, that'll work out. That'll be okay for me. <laughs> yeah, that was the first college game that we picked. Um, Indiana was getting five and a half points, and they lost by three, 38-35 to Maryland. Maryland certainly did not look great at any point during the course of that game. That doesn't surprise me. This is the Big Ten, man. Like, I'm not stunned that Maryland didn't – by the way, have you guys seen Maryland recently? Uh, I'm just not stunned that they didn't kick Indiana's ass. Um, they ultimately – they weren't really threatened at the end. It's a three-point game, but it was a three-point game because Indiana got a late touchdown in order to get the backdoor cover. Um, I don't know. It's not all that stunning to me. Myself, Proctor, Stecka all got that point. The one that I can't believe – I cannot believe I was the lone wolf on Michigan State. I cannot believe how much faith all of the boys had – in Jim Harbaugh coaching in a big game. The man has never won a big game as the coach at Michigan. And I don't hate Jim Harbaugh in any way. I don't, I'm not a, a Jim Harbaugh fan. But, like, I don't hate him. He's the brother of uh, John Harbaugh, and we all like John Harbaugh. He was the, the quarterback of the Ravens once upon a time. I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. I just deal in reality. Whenever there's been a big game and it's involved Jim Harbaugh, he's lost including on Saturday when they lost again. And Kenneth Walker, by the way, looks like uh, an absolute monster. My God, with five rushing touchdowns for Kenneth Walker for Michigan State. Michigan State wins outright 37-33. Not only do they cover, but they win outright. And because of that, I get a free point. And all you had to do was pick Jim Harbaugh to do what he does every time he's played in a big game, 
throughout the history of his coaching career. And I understand it's more personal for Kyle. Like, it's a more difficult thing because he went to Michigan. So, like, he can't fully accept that this is just his fate, that any time his team plays in a big game, they're going to lose it. Like, I, I get why it's personal. I have no clue why the rest of the boys were on Michigan. I'll never understand that. But thank you for the free point, fellas. Appreciate it a great deal. The other college game we picked, I lost. That was the Ohio State-Penn State game. Um, Ohio State had, like, five trips to the red zone and one touchdown. And so they only won by nine, and the number was 18 and a half, and they didn't come close to covering that. Although, they, it was never, again, they were never, never in doubt. It was never in jeopardy. They just didn't score touchdowns, and so because of that, they had to settle for a nine-point win, 33-24. So Proctor and Stecka got that point, which was necessary for those boys. Uh, the Thursday night game, myself, Kyle, and Stecka were all on Green Bay. They not only covered the six and a half, of course, remember they won outright at Arizona 24-21. Then the NFL slate from yesterday uh, only Proctor was on Indianapolis, and in fairness, it went to overtime. It, it was a hell of a game, but Carson Wentz kind of reverted back to being Carson Wentz there at the end. The fumble that could that I, it was a fumble, not an interception, much like in the San Francisco game, and then the just awful interception in overtime. I mean, that was really bad. And Carson Wentz has otherwise played really well for Indianapolis. I mean, he's played, he's had a really good season. But some of the old Carson Wentz issues kind of popped up again yesterday and allowed Tennessee to win that in overtime, 34-31. So everybody else got that point. Proctor misses it. What stands out, of course, is the Derrick Henry injury, which is, you know, we're still waiting officially. We're still trying to get final word that he's definitely done for the season. Obviously, it seriously shapes the uh, Schefter the concern on Titans running back Derrick Henry is a Jones fracture that would require surgery and end his season per source look I mean it completely reshapes the AFC playoff race while Ryan Tannehill has played far better than we could have ever expected him to play in Tennessee and you know if they can get Julio Jones healthy alongside AJ Brown they've got clearly a wonderful wide receiver tandem there they're a completely different team without Derrick Henry. I mean, there's just no getting around that. They are not remotely similar. Doesn't mean they can't win. Doesn't mean they aren't still the team. They're clearly the team to beat in that division because they're now, what, three games clear of Indianapolis with the tiebreaker at the moment. Like, that, there, there should be no threat, even without Derrick Henry, to them winning the AFC South, but the threat to them winning the AFC significantly uh, lessened if they don't get Derrick Henry back. Do they go out and make a move now for him? Yeah, I feel I mean, like they have to, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much with Darrington Evans, Nick, Nick, I don't even know if, who's healthy because they don't even use their other running backs. All they do is run Derrick Henry and then run Derrick Henry some more and then run Derrick Henry some more. It's it, all they ever do. It's amazing that it, he hasn't gotten hurt before because he gets 30 touches a game. Oh, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Uh, Darrington Evans is on IR. I did not realize that. I think it's so. just McNichols right now. Yeah, it would just be McNichols. They also have Dontrell Hilliard. Um, I don't know what the story is. Is, Her- is Evans coming back? I mean, they did like Darrington Evans. Most people liked Darrington Evans when he was coming out. He was a guy that was well thought of, but I don't know. I, I don't know enough about if he's definitely out for the year or if like he could still return. Uh, they lost him for the season last week. Okay, so that's the end of that. That's the end of that conversation, apparently. Darrington Evans also out for the year. So, yes, at, at some point you would assume they would also have to be in the market for a running back. I, I don't think the Colts would trade them Marlon Mack because no the Colts have to be thinking to themselves, well, maybe there's still a chance for us to get back into this division without you having Derrick Henry. 
could they be the team for, say, Ronald Jones? You know, could they – certainly if you're the Texans, that despite being in the same division, there's no reason why you wouldn't trade them. Uh, Phillip Lindsay, you're clearly not in it, and, you know, there'd, there'd be no problem. So, yeah, and it also becomes competition for the Ravens if they were trying to get a uh, running back for a low-end price that now there's another team that's in the running back market, we assume, when it comes to the Titans. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But, yes, the Derrick Henry thing is the major story of the day. Uh, Pittsburgh-Cleveland. Again, I don't know. It's goofy. I mean, it's it's goofy the way that it happened with the Steelers losing their kicker and being forced to go for it on fourth down. And, like, that's all – it's a, it's very goofy. But I'm not stunned. I, when I picked the Steelers – I was playing the three and a half points, but I also thought there was a chance the Steelers could win the game. I, I, there's nothing that I've seen from the Browns. I, I get that we everybody was hot and bothered about the Browns coming into the year, and everybody's been wanting to be hot and bothered about the Browns for the last couple of years. But tell me what you actually have seen from the Browns this year that made you say they were definitely three and a half points better than the Steelers. I get it. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw. It's, it's embarrassing that they're continuing to go through this charade because – while they can win game, they can do enough to win games, despite the fact that Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball downfield any longer, at some point that's going to catch up with them. They're doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Like, they're, let's just get through the season. We'll do whatever we do, and then we'll move on from it. But the truth is, if they just had a quarterback, they'd be a damn threat, especially as we've watched Kansas City sort of revert a little bit, and now Tennessee might not be the same type of threat. The AFC is kind of wide open. If Pittsburgh just had a quarterback, they'd be a real threat to win a Super Bowl. And somebody would point out, remember, Denver didn't have a quarterback when they won with Peyton Manning. He couldn't play any longer, and they still figured out a way to win. And so I guess maybe, maybe there's still some possibility that Pittsburgh I, – I, it's very difficult to believe that you're going to be able – this is the thing that we always said about the Ravens, right? It was difficult to believe that you could win every game doing what you want to do and not have to be challenged and do something different. It's very difficult for me to believe that Pittsburgh can be good enough defensively in running the ball that they won't at some point have to win a game against a team that matters where they have to throw the ball downfield. It's very difficult for me to believe that. But I didn't believe the Browns were going to be the team that was going to force them to do that. I, it's the Browns are frauds, man. They're frauds. At what point does Cleveland need to have a serious conversation about Baker? Well, Mayfield? they're having that conversation. I mean, because he, he hasn't been able to get the job done. Look, he's made them relevant. He's made them better. But he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not. He's, he's not de- the difference he's maker. He's definitely on that team. not that. But this is always the this is the eternal issue in the NFL, right? Is the way the league is operated, it's a bigger fear to not have a quarterback than it is to have a quarterback that might not be, you know, the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. That it's a bigger problem if you just don't have a quarterback at all. And the Browns, more than maybe any team in the entire NFL, knows all about. It, it don't. It's the headphones. It's not the the okay. board. Um, the Browns, more than any team in the NFL, knows all about what it's like to not have quarterbacks like they more than anybody in the league understands just how miserable it is to not have a quarterback they completely get it so it's a tough spot to be in because i get it you look at baker mayfield and you say is that really a quarterback that you want to give a a boatload of money to i i hear you but the fear is if you don't have baker mayfield what do you have and there's no middle ground there's no 
well, we think we want to pay you, but we just don't want to pay you what everybody else is getting as a quarterback. That's not the way the market works. There's some other team that doesn't have a quarterback that says, well, we're better off having Baker Mayfield than what we've got. You know, who that is? I mean, Detroit. Detroit would be better off having Baker Mayfield than they would be with Jared Goff. So somebody's willing to pay him an absurd amount of money to be their quarterback. But do I think that Baker Mayfield is... We've seen anything that suggests that he's going to be the rock star they've wanted him to be? No, I haven't. I mean, they're fraudulent, man. They're a fraudulent team. It doesn't mean they're not going to be competitive. I think they're fraudulent as far as being a threat to win the AFC. I just don't. There's no world in which I see it. Um, anyway, Pittsburgh obviously wins that outright 15-10. to 10, So both myself, Proctor, and Ken Zalas all got that point. Um, New England and the Chargers, another one. By the way, we're also going to talk to Connor Orr from SI. We're going to do a lot about the the trade deadline obviously looming in one day, what's actually out there. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Connor Orr from SI will join us in 15 minutes as well. Uh, New England and the Chargers. Again, I, the Chargers can't stop the run. New England can both run the ball and their coach historically – has always been able to identify your weakness and beat the snot out of you and your weakness. Now, on top of that, just their defense, their defense we knew was legit. New England's a threat again. Like, they're getting just enough quarterback play. They're a threat again. I'm not telling you they're going to win the AFC, but you cannot dismiss New England amongst contenders in the AFC at the moment. With no one separating themselves significantly, New England is a factor in the AFC. Plain and simple, they're a factor because they can run the ball, they can play defense, and Mac Jones is doing what they're asking him to do. It is, as I told you before, I'm not telling you Mac Jones is Tom Brady. I'm saying this is similar to what they did initially with Tom Brady. Keep the ball in the middle of the field. Don't ask him to do too much. Don't screw it up. We'll win games. They're a factor. They obviously won that one outright, didn't just cover. They won 27-24, so both myself and Stetka got that point. As I said earlier, there was just no way to see the New Orleans thing coming. No possible way. I know a lot of people are talking about Cam Newton. Apparently, they're not interested in Cam Newton. I, I, I guess they're supposed to get Taysom Hill back. Whether they're going to play him or Trevor Simeon, I don't know. Um, they've, they're, they've got Alvin Kamara. They've got a very good defense. Again, they don't need their quarterback to do a lot but there's a limit to what you're going to be able to do. I am still surprised they were able to do that yesterday uh, as they win out, right, 36-27. We were all on Tampa, so nobody gets that point. And then we picked uh, a few of us picked Dallas, not realizing that Dak Prescott wasn't going to play, and I don't know what I would have done if we had had that information and seen the line change. I don't know what I would have done. I, once I, saw, I think Minnesota got up to like four and a half points. If that's really where it was, mm-hmm. I definitely still would have picked Dallas. Like, I... That's really what the number was. But where we had it, Minnesota was getting a point and a half, and so I was a bit nervous about that. But all hail Cooper Rush, uh, who got the job done in the end. Um, and, of course, Minnesota, once again, you play a prime – Kirk Cousins in a primetime game against a, a, a team with a winning record. It's like Jim Harbaugh, man. He just never, ever, ever wins those games, ever. He has never beat a good team in a primetime game in his life. That's the Kirk Cousins story. Uh, Dallas wins 20-16, to 16, so myself, Kyle, and John Proctor got that point. So for the week, I was 7-2, and two, big week for me. Bad week for KZ, who went 2-7. and seven. In the middle, Stecka went 5-4, and four, Proctor 4-5, and five, and Kyle Ottenheimer 3-6. And, and so now I've opened up a little bit of a lead at the top of the table, although this is 
just just in time for me to start feeling good and then yak it all away. That's normally the way that it works. I'm four games up on uh, Kyle. I'm 42 and 35. Kyle's 38 and 39. Steck is six games back at 36 and 41. KZ, who was in first place just two weeks ago, is now seven games behind. A disastrous wow. couple of weeks for Ken Zalis. He's seven games back at 35 and 42. And in fact, he's only two games clear of John Proctor, who's now 33 and 34, 11 or nine games back of uh, first place, but two games back of uh, Ken, which at the bottom of the table is the more important thing as you try to avoid being the team that finishes last. So that's where we are for picks and sort of recapping the weekend that was. I, I, I didn't find myself glued to any particular game in part because, I, we, we, as I said before, we do trick-or-treating at the, my mother-in-law's house. Because she's in more of a neighborhood than we are. We live out on a farm in the middle of nowhere. She's in a, a nice neighborhood, and we know everybody there because the kids spend a lot of time there. So uh, she does not get Red Zone Channel. So her, the only viewing option that I had on her at her house was the Washington-Denver game. Thanks a lot, WBFF Fox 45. Really appreciate that. Uh, that was my viewing option if I wanted to watch football in the 4 o'clock window. Also, I, was, um, I had a game at Loyola yesterday. And so I, I kind of had the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game on in the background. And then when that game ended, uh, they did this wacky bit where they were going to the New York-Cincinnati uh, game. They were like, all right, now we're going to take you to the finish of that. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then uh, my NFL app was like, oh, no, sorry, you don't, we, don't, we don't go with you. You can only have the, the first game. You don't get to go with us to the next game. I'm like, well, that, I'm sure that makes sense for some reason. I'm sure there is some reason in the world why that makes sense. What a ter- it was a terrible day of, of football viewing. You know, you, even the, the primetime game, which ended up being competitive, it was Cooper Cup or Cooper Rush. It would have been nice if it was Cooper Cup. He's quite good. It was Cooper Rush. I do have good news, however. Next week's football viewing, uh, outstanding. Outstanding uh, Sunday of football viewing. Not only are the Ravens in action, but the late game on Fox is Packers-Chiefs. It's pretty friggin' good pretty for awesome. a 425 national TV game. And, well... The Sunday night game takes a hit now. It was it's Titans Rams, which is a really good Sunday night game. Obviously, would be a bit disappointing without Derrick Henry, um, but still, it's an actually really quality Sunday night game. So a good day of uh, football viewing coming up next Sunday. I'm very interested to see which Ryan Tannehill shows up without Derrick Henry. The guy from the Dolphins or the guy who's been tearing he's it been, up for the he's Titans. He's been really good. Years. He's been really good, and they're gonna they're gonna need him clearly to do a little bit more. And he's got good wide receivers. If Julio Jones is healthy, he's got good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in my uh, fantasy league is is mad because I, I brought this up last week on the fantasy show. I found out that someone just outright released George Kittle last week, and I was like, "Wow, George Kittle is just sitting there as a free agent to be had." And so I picked him up, and everybody's butthurt about it because, you know. George Kittle was available, and I got him for free, right? Like, I don't feel bad about it. He was – everybody had the same chance. It just so happened to be that I – I mean, I'd be – for what it's worth, trust me, I'd be mad too. If I hadn't been the one to get him, I also would have been mad that right. someone just got – if John Proctor had gotten George Kittle for free, I'd be furious about it. So I understand why he's mad about it, but I don't feel remotely bad. I just picked up a player that was available. The trade off for that, Calvin Ridley's apparently quitting football or something like yeah. that. And so I'm losing my top wide receiver now moving forward. And it, I want to make this very clear. That sounds insensitive. Everybody needs to take care of their mental health issues. I am not in any ways, it's not, not a knock on Calvin Ridley. Do what you got to do, man. Like any human being that's dealing with it, we need to treat mental health like real health. Like we need to understand that, that's, that you have to deal with that. So whatever's going on with Calvin Ridley, I hope the best for him as a human being. And, you know, whatever football clearly is – 
is secondary in terms of your actual health. Like, it's very important. It's just a bummer for me because he's my top wide receiver. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> just the, a real bummer for your boy. The, the fantasy football gods obviously had uh, foresight and knew that this was happening. That's why you were able to get oh, George that was, Kittle. Oh, that was a trade-off, right? I was able yeah. to get – well, hopefully George Kittle plays now. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully that ends up being the case. All right, um, later on this morning, we are going to do pats on the ass and slaps of the helmet for the totality of the quote-unquote first half of the Ravens season. Get me yours. Who are the Ravens most deserving of praise for the first seven games, and who are the Ravens most deserving of scorn for the first seven games? Remember, the same rules apply as they do from week to week. So you got to have two offensive players, two defensive players on both your lists. And the fifth can be a wild card, whoever you want it to be, another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. And rank them five to one with number one sort of being your MVP, if you will, or your LVP, your least valuable player on the other side. Um, Give me both lists. I get it. The Ravens have only lost two games. So there's only so much scorn that can go around, right? And by the way, because I've already had somebody ask, yes, you can put the same player on both lists. You, you can, 100%. If you think there is a reason why the same player should be on both lists, right? Like they've done a lot of good, but they've done some bad. You can do that. It's always been the rule whenever we've done this. You can have the same player on both lists. Uh, we talk about this regularly. There's some weeks where, you know, somebody, they, they end up winning a game, and so that player, because they did just enough good, they made the, the list of pats on the ass. But if they had lost, they might have been on the other list. That happens all the time. You can put a player on both lists. That's the way that it goes. So get me yours. Act Len Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll get to that here momentarily. When we come back in, Connor Orr from SI is going to join us. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. What's real? What could we got? We're only roughly 24 hours. What's it? Four o'clock tomorrow. Four o'clock tomorrow. Four o'clock tomorrow. So as as the crow flies, we're 29 and a half hours away. From the NFL trade deadline. What actually might happen? What's real? What could the Ravens do? We'll talk about all that as we go on here on Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand breaded in herb panko, and pan fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Dragon. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck... I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Yes, Proctor, I've been thinking about that. Ever since that sort of wink smile thing between Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago, I have been terrified, terrified of the thought of Aaron Rodgers finishing his career in Pittsburgh. I have, I, I cannot. Aaron Rodgers wants to finish his career in D.C. God bless. I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers can't solve And I'm, I... Worship at the altar of Aaron Rodgers. I have spent so many of my Sunday afternoons just sitting around watching Aaron Rodgers playing football and having a good time for the last decade. I love Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can't fix that. No one can go to D.C. and succeed. It cannot be done, at least as long as Dan Snyder is there. It cannot. I don't care who you are. You can't fix that problem. It's way too toxic. It's part of the reason why I don't think it'll happen. Um, but Pittsburgh? You tell me Aaron Rodgers... Couldn't have a Tom Brady-like end of his career for a couple years in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's not like the weather is going to be a factor. He's literally spent his career in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to be affected at all. Now he's got a running back, and they've got weapons for him to throw the ball to. Sure, none of them are Devontae Adams. Like, I get that. Although, would it surprise you at all if Aaron Rodgers ended up somewhere if Devontae Adams didn't follow him somehow? My God. Um, but as you saw a week ago, he can make it work when he doesn't have Devontae Adams. He's Aaron effing Rodgers. I'm terrified of the idea. I mean, it, I have lost sleep, not actually, but, you know, thinking about that ever since, if you missed it a couple weeks ago when Green Bay, Green Bay played Pittsburgh, there was this moment where there was this sort of like wink and smile thing that Aaron Rodgers did with Mike Tomlin over on the sideline. I and, missed it. Oh, my God. It, it gave me heart palpitations thinking about that being the possibility. A reminder, of course, that um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. Like the, the the way that it worked out, the Packers do, you know, control a lot. But if they're going to make a move, presumably they would want him to go to the AFC, get out of the NFC. Makes all the sense in the world that Pittsburgh would end up being the place that he he goes to, where they think they can win now, where they don't really want to develop a quarterback, where they would much rather 
say, we've got we've got a good team. We've got all the pieces. Why wouldn't we make a move for Aaron Rodgers? It's already the best division in football. Can you imagine adding Aaron Rodgers to it? Uh, it's terrifying, man. It's I mean, it's straight up terrifying, the thought of Aaron Rodgers being the next Steelers quarterback. But, again, there would always – I don't think that Tom Brady is resetting it to where every quarterback can play to 44. I don't know if there won't be a day where it just is over for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know. The notion that this means that every quarterback can keep playing for four to five years after I, – right now there's one. There's one guy that's proved that it can be done. I'm not yet at a place where I think it can be something that everybody can do. Um, but, yes, it's something I'm thinking about for sure. Also, it's a fair question whether or not I'd rather have George Kittle or – or Calvin Ridley healthy for the rest of the season? I don't know. It's a tough question. I mean, it's a really tough question. If I, <sighs> they're both, you know, it's such a crapshoot, right? Because Atlanta, who knows, and San Francisco, who knows? It's not like, it's not like, um, you know, Calvin Ridley's playing with Aaron Rodgers or George Kittle's playing with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. Which one of those guys I'd rather have, the rest of the way. Um, from Dan, Dan, uh, responding to a tweet that I sent out earlier where, uh, Adam Schefter, uh, continued to put a Tyson Williams after the Derrick Henry injury news, Adam Schefter sent out this tweet that was like listing all the running backs that could possibly be available. And he was like, Tevin Coleman, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Tyson Williams. And I said, in response, you got to give the Ravens credit for somehow simultaneously being able to have absolutely zero interest in Tyson Williams with, despite having a clear running back need and yet continuing to get national media folks to throw Tyson Williams' name out there as though he's a desirable trade option for other teams. The Ravens need a running back, and they don't want to play Tyson Williams. Tells you everything you should possibly need to know. I mean, that should tell you everything you possibly need. They desperately need a running back. And they don't think Tyson Williams is the answer. What are other teams looking at that they well, think Well, they're seeing is? the same things that people bring up. Like, well, but he's run for five yards per carry this season. Like, what? There is a – the notion that the Ravens know that Tyson Williams is really good and just aren't playing him for the sake of not playing him is nuts. It's bonkers to me. But it continues to be out there. Let's talk about the trade deadline. Let's talk about what teams might do. Joining us now, one of our favorites. He, of course, covers the NFL for SI. He is our friend Connor Orr, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Connor, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to chat with you. How much, if the Ravens are in the market for a running back, how much did the running back trade market just sort of get thrown into upheaval today? Well, I mean, it's certainly an interesting situation, right? And you never want to be, you know, I think about it like trying to buy a house now, right? I mean, you don't want to be in that situation. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in other places, but up here in the Northeast, it's just absolutely brutal right now. And so I think you don't want to be in that market. Um, you know, you don't want yep. to uh, uh, be subject to that kind of uh, wheeling and dealing. So uh, it's uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to get interesting here. I, I I like the fact that we've got a few uh, fun trade deadline things coming up here. Yeah, it's a great time to be selling a house, obviously. It's a wonderful yeah. time to do that. Not so great on the other side. Um, what, what's real, right? Like, what, Connor, what, what really could be done? If, if the Ravens are in the market for a running back, and I certainly think they should be because they, they just need somebody with a burst. They need someone that when they get to the corner can actually go get yardage. Like, they, they, Latavius Murray's been fine but has shown no signs of having a burst. I think they need that player. What what are the real options that could actually be dealt tomorrow? 
I mean, I think that we've, uh, you know, our Albert Breer reported this and, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, someone like Marlon Mack is probably your, your best bet at this point. I mean, you know, that's somebody who has some youth just got overshadowed on the depth chart. And, you know, again, you have to play that game where, well, Chris Ballard's a pretty good executive, but, and, and he had Marlon Mack and all of a sudden if he drafted all these other guys to replace him, is he really that good? I mean, that's, that's kind of the game that you're going to have to play. Those are some of the decisions that you're going to have to make. But I, I think that's somebody that probably makes some sense, but it's not a great time to be in the market for a running back because all of a sudden this, this thing is cyclical. The NFL is cyclical. And all of a sudden we've come back to the point where these are valuable commodities again. And there's a reason that some of these teams are kind of hanging on to these guys a little bit longer than they were before. When you say valuable though, like what, what I mean, I, people have been hypothesizing that Marlon Mack might be a, you know, a, a, a fifth or a sixth round pick, something like that. Is that, is that really the market for a player like that? Is it, is it different if it was Philip Lindsay or if, for whatever reason, the Buccaneers really are interested in trading Ronald Jones. Like, it, are any of those guys that are really costing you something? No. And and what's smart about Baltimore too is, I mean, this is a team that's already thought that out, right? If you're a Ravens fan, like, I would not panic about this front office in particular in this market because, regardless of what's going on here, they've already found a way to overlap whatever pick they're going to use to get a running back with some sort of compensatory. Right. You know, thing. I mean, this is they're slated to have like five fourth round picks next year. (laughs) Correct. And so, this is not a front office that's ever going to leave themselves at a deficit. And we've seen that historically, um, and and certainly um, over the last few years. So, this would not worry me. Now, that said, you know, Houston is going to be looking for top ish dollar because that's how they built their roster this year. They built it so they're going to get all these guys that are on these one year, two year contracts that they can get rid of at the trade deadline because they need draft equity so bad. And so maybe a team like that might play a little bit of hardball, but I think that there's going to be some running backs to be had, even if Tennessee here gets aggressive and shakes everything up. Are you as convinced as I am, Connor, that the Ravens, I I absolutely think that I I can't tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. I have no idea. Right. But I really struggle with the idea that the Ravens can be a team that wins the Super Bowl if they don't at a running back just because you have to have the ability. I think we just lost Connor. We'll see if we can't get him back, Connor Orr from SI, with us here on GCR talking about the trade deadline. Let's see if we can't get him back on the, the line here in one second. Today's show, by the way, is also brought to you by our friends at Glory Days Grill, where the Oktoberfest menu is still available, despite the fact that we're on to November. Get over there. Try the Brewer Sausage Platter, the Brewer Sausage Sandwich, the Chicken Schnitzel, the Apple Cobbler, it's all so amazing. They've got Angry Orchard on draft, many Oktoberfest beers. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in and find out more. I just went to Glory Days on uh, Friday, by the way. Had myself a Glory Days burger. It was tremendous. All right, uh, reconnecting with Connor Ork. Uh, Connor, what I was, I was bringing up, are, are you? I am convinced that if there's any chance for the Ravens to make a Super Bowl run, they have to be able to figure out how to run the ball again with their running backs. And I just don't see anyone from this group that can be that guy that can, can give them a consistent running game. I'm, I'm not trying to be overdramatic in the way I say it because I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl. I just don't think they can possibly make a Super Bowl run without finding a running back who's got some bursts. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a fair point. You know, we've seen teams uh, of late kind of hoarding these guys. I mean, there's a reason that Cleveland is doing what they're doing because the running game is so essential to what they have. And in Baltimore, it's instrumental, right? Everything works off of, this downhill running game and you know there are certain 
um, segments of the game plan there where they don't even want Lamar keeping the ball, as, as advantageous as that is. They want him giving the ball um, more than he is right now. So they need somebody um, to take that load. I think that they've got the pieces around them to still make the running back situation work, but you're right. I mean, there needs to be that kind of that next level gas to be able to uh, to push this thing over the edge. Is there is there a market? I think a lot of people bring up the Ravens right now are 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 certainly very thin along the offensive line. Is there, you know, are there are there good? Um, if you don't, I don't think they need a starter necessarily. I think that they can get by. You know, maybe right tackles the area where you're a bit concerned with Tyree Phillips, but there there have to be depth moves that can be made to add in and fortify the offensive line that don't cost you a whole heck of a lot. I would think so, right? I mean, you know, I mentioned, you know, uh, well, this one would cost you quite a bit, but you know, I was thinking about Nate Solder, and you know, there's some mm. players that, especially in New York. But there are some ancillary pieces on that offensive line that I think that they could probably get rid of too. And yeah, I agree. I mean, that's one of those situations where. You know, you would want to make that move now because all of a sudden in the offseason you're playing musical chairs. And, you know, for example, um, Big V, the spot starter for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, ends up playing a little bit, uh, gets a decent uh, run on right. it, and then the Detroit Lions have to pay $60 million for a guy that they don't need right now. And that's another name I think that could, uh, you know, an expiring contract uh, that doesn't carry a lot of dead cap that I think could be uh, an availability there. And so you don't want to put yourself in that situation where, you're overpaying, and the trade deadline, even for bad teams at this point, I think is a nice way to cut that line in free agency and get yourself uh, something a little cheaper. It's a, when you say it's a, it's a name, it's just not a name I'm going to choose to attempt pronounce either. I'm going to pass on it as well. I mean, Vitae, I'm pretty sure, is how we pronounce it, but I'm not going to attempt uh, at all to attempt to pronounce the man's first name until he ends up here, in which case I have to learn it as I've been working on Abwehi over the last week after uh, the Ravens picked him up. Um, all right, so the other area that people, a lot of people brought up, Connor, is the secondary where the Ravens lost Marcus Peters before the season began, and they've gotten by, but it certainly does feel as though you could always be in that, you know, this is a team that a couple years ago we had no idea was in the market for uh, Marcus Peters and managed to snag him for a fifth-round pick, and it, it was one of the more brilliant moves we've seen recently uh, at a trade deadline. Kyle Fuller's name comes up a lot here because he's a Baltimore kid, right? Because he's very popular here and people are interested. We're talking about a guy who's, it's like a $9 million cap figure, right? Like, where are the Broncos with trying to move Kyle Fuller? And is there any world where they'd take on the money in order to be able to move him? Because the Ravens only have a couple million dollars of cap space at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough, right? And you will see how. You know, this is this is going to be a big trade deadline for George Payton because you know, are you going to, um, you know, are you going to play teams like Baltimore off of other teams? Like there are positions that are increasingly sort of unavailable and rare at the trade deadline, and it's different every year. But I would say that a lot of teams need, um, you know, defensive back help, and a lot of really good contending teams need defensive back help, and there's a lot out there. And so I think that. If you're George Payton, you're probably sitting in somewhat of a position of power here. Like, you know, I'm thinking about Tampa Bay, for example. You know, would they make a run at Fuller? Would they, uh, you know, complicate the market? And they really don't care because they're in a one year at a time window. So they're not really concerned about wasting draft equity. So I think that it's going to be a little bit more difficult, maybe, in that situation, especially if you want to call and say, hey, give me this, that, and the other thing. I think there's going to be some other teams there on the other line. Oh, I get that, and I think that's going to hurt them. And I, I, I have not thought it was a practical place for the Ravens to go either. I'm with you on that. 
Um, all right, so I'll, I'll put you on the. You, you know, do, do you think? Do you think the Ravens make a move between now and four o'clock tomorrow? They have been under Eric Tacosta. They have been aggressive in the trade deadline. Yeah, I think so, and I think that it, you know it's it's a smart thing to do. It's good business. Like you know, getting assets at this time of year is good business, and. I think that Baltimore is, has always been a forward-thinking and smart front office. I think they're going to make smart decisions, and uh, I think they'll layer some talent here because, as good as you know, as good as they are right now, it's pretty pointless not to try to upgrade because you know you'll just be kind of orbiting in that purgatory in the right. AFC North right now. I mean, all these teams are good, so you're going to want to put yourself the nose ahead in this race and try to come out of there in first place. And so I think it makes all the sense in the world, and you know, I. Their record has been astonishing at the trade deadline, to be to be honest. And so, you know, I, yeah, I'm, unique I'm, I and Gakwe always... didn't work out so well for them a year ago, unfortunately. Like that's that's the one. Like for the most part, you're right, right? That's the one that like ah, it it seemed like such an obvious thing for them to do too, didn't it? Like mm-hmm. it it just seemed like such a no brainer, and then it was just never a fit. Like they just never used him the way they needed to use Unique and Gakwe to make it valuable. That's the only bummer. Um, about what they've done, Connor. With that in mind, um, I think what you're alluding to is. You know, it's it's sort of open right now in the AFC. Um, if the Titans don't have Derrick Henry on top of this, who who's the best team in the AFC at the moment? That's a good question. Um, you know, it's it's such a weird, um, you know, it, it's such a weird conference. Whereas in the uh, in the NFC, you you kind of know uh, kind of the lay of the land a little bit. But I would say that you know we've sort of become accustomed to what the Bills have been doing at this point. Like, we're not surprised anymore, so we're not sitting here standing on the table talking about how great of a team they are. But I think the Bills, even though they had a little bit of a sleeper against the Dolphins yesterday, are one of the, or if the best team um, in the AFC. And, you know, I, I, you, ca- you cannot forget about the Chiefs, even though they're in last place in that division. I think that's a team that could do something a little bit wacky at the trade deadline because they're another team that's on that perpetual one-year deal because you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And so are they going to upgrade? I could see them trying to do something crazy here. They're going to get on a run at some point, too. And, you know, we've, we talked about this last night on our podcast, but New England is, you know, I said this two weeks ago when they played the Cowboys real. in the week before. They're a threat. I think that, I think that they're coming back. Yep. You know, they're 4-4 four and four right now, and are we really going to say that Bill Belichick is not a factor in this, in this nope. thing? I, I think that they're absolutely a factor as well. I could not believe when we when did it. I'm like, I, you had, I had to pick them to cover against the Chargers. I didn't know they were going to win outright, but I had to. Like, this is what this is Bill Belichick. He's got a team that can run the ball and takes advantage of everyone's weaknesses. That's what, that's what he does, and they play defense. I'm not surprised by that at all. I think they're absolutely a factor. Um, and then last one before I let you go, because we just did a, a segment about this. I'm a little terrified about the possibility. I, the Steelers, to me, would be a factor in the AFC if they just had a quarterback, right? Like, I know that the Broncos won a Super Bowl despite the fact that Peyton Manning couldn't play at that point in his career, but it's so hard to do that. If the Steelers had a quarterback, somebody who could throw the ball downfield, they would be a legitimate threat to me to win a Super Bowl. How terrified should I be that the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers might end up being Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> um. I would say you don't have to be that terrified. Okay. Uh, right. I, I would be very surprised. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers has an idea of where he wants to go, and I think that depends a little bit on how the uh, coaching carousel might shake out and uh, maybe some of the guys that he wants to coach him at the next stop, uh, and we'll see where they land. But I don't think any of them are currently in the Pittsburgh field, right. so I wouldn't worry about All that. All right. I just, when they were <laughs> winking and nodding at each other a couple weeks ago on the sideline, man, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> No. 
All right, Connor, you want to get a plug in for the, the podcast and everything you guys do with the MMQB? Yeah, we got a new one up this morning, the MMQB podcast. Um, you know, it's uh, one of my favorite things to do every week. We cover every single game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and always uh, SI.com. And uh, subscribe to the magazine, too. Let's keep print alive for a little longer, huh? Oh, man, I am I'm in favor of that, man. It's, it's been something that's meant a lot to me in my life, so I am in favor of that as well. At Connor or on Twitter with one N, that's how you follow him. Connor, always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. Yeah, thank you, guys. Connor Orr from SI checking in with us here on GCR. Um, uh, John from Little Rock brought up New Orleans as being Aaron Rodgers' next spot. And I, I get, I completely get what you're saying. John, I see Rodgers and, and Nola very similar to Brady, getting away from the cold and playing for Sean Payton. Makes all the sense in the world. And that might very well be uh, one of the things that Connor Orr was alluding to a second ago. Just the, the problem is the Packers still have some control in this situation. And I don't think the Packers would want to trade him within the NFC. I think whatever control they have, they would attempt to say, look, go to whatever AFC team you want to go to. We just don't want to have to face you until the last possible scenario in which we could face you. So that's why the AFC seems like the way to go for me. Now, the idea of getting, like, would Miami maybe be a spot that would make some sense? Yeah, Miami would be a spot that would make a lot of sense. They have a pretty good roster. They seem to need a quarterback. Do be in Miami. Not a bad place to be. You know, I don't know what he thinks of Brian Flores. I don't know how long Brian Flores is going to be there as Miami's been a dumpster fire this season. I don't know if it's some scenario where, like, they could start working on that now and Aaron Rodgers could handpick his net, his coach that he takes with him to Miami. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think West Coast would be more enticing to Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. But but what's the fit there? Like what? Who's? I mean, you could go to San Francisco. You could go to Denver, which isn't exactly San, Fran- West Coast, but San Francisco is the same scenario. In which I just think that the Packers would say, "We don't want you in the NFC." Yeah. Well, the Broncos. The Broncos, right? Who aren't West Coast, and that's the team that every, everybody's talked about. The Broncos, I, and again, I'd have to. It certainly wouldn't be to play for Vic Fangio, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'd have to figure. You'd have to tell me who it is the Broncos are hiring as their coach. That makes it desirable. Certainly, they have wide receivers. You would you would be going somewhere that they got some pieces and. I've always understood why Denver made sense, right? But I'd have to know. Or again, it would have to be a similar scenario. Is Aaron Rodgers telling you now, I, I get to handpick my coach. This is who you're hiring to be the coach in Denver, and then I'll go there because it sure as F is not the play for Vic Fangio. There is no question that that is not the scenario in which Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in Denver. It's fair. It's fair. Denver would make some sense in that way. All right, hour number one of the show is in the books. It has also been brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens, who are back at home next week as part of this really long homestand, including the bye. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. When we come back in, we're going to go into first half of the season. Again, half. I get it, seven games, they're going to play 17, but bear with us, there's only one bye. First half of the season, pats and slaps, that's what we're doing next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, and you can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Next Tyus Bowser show will be November 16th. That's two weeks from tomorrow night. We'll be at Mother's in Timonium. We are going to be doing uh, something special to help out the folks at the Harvest of Hope that night as uh, Tyus is going to have a special guest with him that can't tell you about just yet. In fact, I heard a rumor it might actually be special guests. Can't say anything more than that. Just a rumor that I heard on the streets. But what we're asking you to do is consider making a donation of either a wise or a giant gift card. That's what we're asking for, uh, to take care of Harvest of Hope as they're trying to take care of Thanksgiving meals for those that need it this holiday season. So asking you to think about that, to come out. And I don't, we want you to be there. But the opportunity to meet pictures and autographs from um, some of your favorite players, including Tyus Bowser, we're asking that you think about maybe bringing with you 
um, a gift card from Wise or from Giant. We want to make sure. Somebody said, well, can I just bring cash? Well, you can. We're not going to say no to that. But we always want to make sure you understand that we're doing these things on the up and up. Like, this is... I know that some people get very uncomfortable just donating cash because they're like, how do we know that you're not putting that in your pocket? I get it. Like, I, I understand that. So what we're trying to do is take care of Harvest of Hope. If you'd run over and get a gift card from Wise or for Giant to bring with you, and only those, and we're only, look, it's not, somebody would say, why not Safeway? Those two happen to be partners with Harvest of Hope. That's, that's the reason. They happen to be partners of Harvest of Hope. And so that's what we're asking for. That's all. That's the only reason why we're asking for those. I assure you, whatever you do, we're going we're gonna to put it to good use in taking care of those that need it this holiday season. But November 16th, Mothers in Timonium with the Tyus Bowser Show, and we're trying to, to do some good for the community and um, raise some, some uh, Thanksgiving food items for those that need it this holiday season. So please um, bring, out, bring out some uh, gift cards to Wise and Giant with you. On Tuesday, November 16th, that would mean a great deal. Find out more by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. The Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Um, and yes, I get it. Aaron Rodgers from Northern California. I can understand why San Francisco would be desirable. Again, the only thing that I keep bringing up, and this is because of my buddy Greg Rosenthal, who, of course, is much smarter than I am and much better looking, he, uh, from NFL Network, reminded me, look, the Packers still have they, the, the way that this ended up working out is they retain more control of this than people are recognizing. And when a team has control, typically they say there's an entire other conference. There's 16 teams in that conference. Go find one of them. The 15 other teams in our conference? No. No. Because it presents a scenario where you would have to face that player in any round of the playoffs. Whereas on the other side... You would definitely only have to face them in the Super Bowl. And so that's typically the way this thing has gone. Now, Tom Brady could have gone within the AFC because he had the power, right? Like, he was a true free agent. He could do whatever he wanted to do. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a true free agent. It doesn't mean it won't work out that way or that that won't be the best trade they can make. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Well, like, the best trade you can make in the AFC isn't nearly as much as a team like the 49ers are willing to offer. If that's the case, then you make the deal with the 49ers, right? Like, if it's that overwhelming. But just typically, teams have not wanted to trade players like that within the own, their own conference. All right. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different. I've gotten a few of yours, but I want you to continue to get me your pats and slaps for the totality of the season. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's the way that we normally do it for games. It's just that we're doing it for the total of the first seven games before the bye. Five Ravens that deserve the most praise. Five Ravens that deserve the most scorn. Remember, on your lists, you must include two offensive players and two defensive players. And the fifth can be whoever you want it to be. It can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Rank them 5-1, to one, with number one being your MVP or LVP, depending on which list it is that we're doing. I always like to do the negative first to sort of build up to the positive. So let's start with our slaps first, Paul. And admittedly, slap's difficult because the Ravens have only lost two games. And it's with that in mind, Lamar Jackson is number five on my list of slaps. Because the truth is that Lamar Jackson didn't play well in the game that they lost to the Bengals. And while he has been brilliant, when you're the quarterback of the football team, so much falls upon you. 
And there have just been moments where, like, some of the sacks I thought in the Bengals game were on him. Obviously, he needs to hold on to the football in the Raiders game. I'm not blaming him for the fact that he was under pressure, but you got to hold on to the football. And in looking at two games that they lost, Lamar Jackson was part of the story. Whether we want to admit it or not, he was part of the story of them losing those two games. Not the individual story. And sure, the good has been really good. We'll get to that. But as far as identifying what's happened when they've lost a couple of games, I can't ignore the fact that Lamar Jackson has struggled in those two games. So with the, I, what, was, what did Uncle Ben say once upon a time? With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben and his rice. That's what they said. He said, and so Lamar Jackson is my number five. I did not see Lamar Jackson coming, but you're right. And the fumbles in the, against the Chiefs and against the Colts could have been detrimental as well. You're absolutely right. For me, number five is Alejandro Villanueva. Um, and look, I get it. He's no spring chicken, and he's learning a new system. And he was brought in to play right tackle. So in training camp, he probably played mostly right tackle. But left tackle is his natural position. And with the exception of the Chiefs game, he's been a turnstile all season long. Uh, I get it. He's not what he once was, but he needs to be better than what he's given the Ravens this year. Um, you know, I, I, he's much higher on my list. That's all I can say. He's much higher on my list. So yeah, I I agree. He's just significantly higher on my list. He, uh, I'll, in fact, just go ahead and say he's number two on my list. Gotcha. And again, part of that is they've only lost two games. And he was obviously horrendous in one of those. And in the other, he wasn't particularly good. And I get that, you know, how much it was really fair to be. You could say Alejandro Villanueva for the other five games has played better than you could have expected him to play. And you can make an argument for him to deserve some praise. But in the games they've lost... Alejandro Villanueva hasn't been good. He's much higher on my list because of that. Uh, my number four is Wink Martindale. I don't think that the defensive issues are all his fault, but certainly you point out that they were quite blitz-happy against the Bengals, and that didn't work. And right now, it's you're struggling to figure out what their identity is as a defense. And that, to me, is the biggest. The, the, the defense just hasn't played well as a whole outside of the Chargers game, where they clearly played very well. Um, you know, they've been... The, the, the Broncos game, they played well. That's, not, that's unfair. The Broncos game, they played well, too. They've played well defensively twice in seven games. And it's an imperfect group. I get that. But it feels like they should have an, more of an identity at this point than what they have. And so Wink Martindale, to me, is number four. Uh, for me, number four is Patrick Queen. He's been better. Also much higher on my list. He's been better the last two weeks. I'll give him that. But for the majority of the season, he's a former first-round pick. He needs to be better than what he's been. He, he doesn't win battles on the line. He doesn't shed blocks. He doesn't break down to make tackles. He always tries to tackle with his shoulders to try and make a big highlight reel play instead of just wrapping somebody up. To me, this is a guy who has been really fast, and that's about it. And if you were the Ravens' first-round pick from 2020, you need to be better than what Patrick Queen has been. Patrick Queen's number one on my list. I mean, like, I, I, and I haven't even given you anything on this bit that we're doing. We're like, well, he's kind of played a little bit better the last weeks because he's barely been on the field. That's true. Like, barely. He's not even playing half of the snaps. He's been so bad that he can't be on the field. There is no... Yeah, but he's graded out well the last couple of weeks. It's a far bigger story that he's not on the field than that in the rare times when he is on the field, he's graded well. Or he made a play, right? And he did. He made one uh, really good play. 
This is nonsense, the bit that we're trying to do with Patrick Queen now. It is a much bigger problem that Patrick Queen, a first-round draft pick, isn't on the field for 50% of the team's snaps. That's a disaster. There's no getting around that. And again, I always do this based on expe- I try to do this based on expectations, right? Like I try to keep that in. Where they are with Patrick Queen, where they're openly admitting he's he's not the guy. This is it's it might not quite be Matt Elam, but it's Matt Elam-esque. Yeah. This is an open recognition, a rebuke of a player to say we can't even have him on the field for half of the snaps. That is damning. It's not over. It's not the end. I'm not telling you that Patrick Queen can at some point redeem himself and still become a, a quality player in Baltimore, but it's it's a very weird bit the way that the last two weeks we tried to pay attention to like the PFF grades as if that is more of the story than the Baltimore Ravens saying, our first-round linebacker that we took the year before, we can't trust to have on the field. That's everything you need to know. This is the thing where we try to say, like, well, well Tyson Williams run for five yards. You got your answer on Tyson Williams. They're not playing him. And you're getting your answer on Patrick Queen. They're not playing him. I, I hope, I hope, I don't dislike Patrick Queen. Good, good dude. Talked to him a few times, like him. I hope that by reeling him back this much and having him focus on certain things they think he's capable of doing, that it gets, you know, it, it can rebuild his confidence in some way that he can become a better football player. But at the moment, this is an unmitigated disaster. This, we are staring down a wasted first-round pick. And I'm not, you know... I'm trying to be not too dramatic about it because I don't want to be unfair to the fact that he's got time. Like th- He could come out of the bye and become a different player. But at the moment, if your first-round pick from the previous year is not on the field for 50% of snaps, that's a wasted pick. Period. Uh, like There's no getting around that. That's a disaster. He's number one on my list. Um, number number three is the last one that you don't know from my list, obviously, because I've given my number two and my number one. Um, my number three, and again, this has a lot to do with expectations. My number three is Marlon Humphrey. I, I, I it's a tough. I, I saw this um, Jess Rebeck story today in the Athletic. Um, one of the bonuses of Tavon Young's healthy return was that it was going to allow Marlon Humphrey to go back to being an outside cornerback rather than primary play- primarily playing in the slot. According to True Media, Smith has spent 205 coverage snaps at either right or left cornerback and 80 of them in the slot. It, however, has not translated to Humphrey being at the top of his game. According to Pro Football Focus numbers, Humphrey has allowed 17 catches for 328 yards and three touchdowns as an outside corner. In the slot, he's given up seven catches for 94 yards and a score. We're only seven games in, and it's tough to draw any grand conclusions. Humphrey, though, would be the first to acknowledge that he hasn't played as well as he's capable of playing. I think Marlon Humphrey is a really good football player. And that's part of the reason why this is tough, right? Because I, I don't think he's playing poorly. I think when you pay Marlon Humphrey the way that you paid him, you need him to be a shutdown corner. And he hasn't played to that standard this year. 
He's been good at times. He's been really good at times. He's made plays at times. But he's also not made plays. He's also had really brutal days. Obviously, Jamar Chase stands out. Um, that, there's a lot of expectations with Marlon Humphrey. He's not the worst player on this defense, not by far. He's not the second worst, which you'd say, wow, he's the second guy on your list. It's the standard, the expectation that I have for Marlon Humphrey is not being met this season. Marlon Humphrey is my number three. So I did my list based on four of the five guys I did was based on what I expected out of them versus what they're giving. And that's why Marlon Humphrey's actually my number one. Okay. Um, he's second highest paid corner in the league. I get it. And he hasn't even been the best corner on his team. I, I hear you, man. You know, and it, the whole fruit punch thing, it's nice, but it's a novelty. It's, it's one of those things where it's not working and you're giving up. Because either you have to make those plays, yeah. right? Like either you have to get the ball out. Or you're giving up loads and loads of yards afterwards because you're not tackling the guy. And what's the Ravens' biggest problem on defense been? Tackling. Not tackling. Yep. Right. So Marlon Humphrey, for me, the way he's paid, what we expect him to be versus what we're getting from him, he's far and away from me number one. My number three, and this is the one guy who wasn't based on expectations but based on the golden opportunity that he has squandered, it's Tyson Williams. And you don't, I don't want to put – too much on the on the kid. He shows up on a couple of people's list. I can't. I can't do it because there's just no world in which I thought this. Th- it's fair. Like th- the bit where we were trying to make Tyson Williams the starting running back for this team was a really bad bit. Yeah, it was a bad bit. And I, I say we. I'm not talking about the Ravens. I'm talking about collectively. Yeah. No. Where the way that people were going out and picking him up in fantasy football and wanting to believe it was insane. There was nothing that said that Tyson Williams could be that guy. Yeah. No, and, and trust me, I, get I knew he wouldn't be on your list, and I knew that would be your take. My yeah. whole thing is that he ran with burst and tenacity in the preseason. I get it. It's, it's against second string, third string, and fourth string. I understand that. But he has run timid. He doesn't block. He doesn't fight for extra yards. And at times, he has trouble holding on to the football. This was a golden opportunity for him. When three running backs go down, this is your career, man. This is your opportunity to make a name for yourself. And it looks to me like he runs scared half the time. And for me, that's why he's number three on my list. Um, number two on my list is Justin Houston. And okay. Ju- Justin Houston's number two on my list. Two sacks in seven games. That's not what you were brought in here to do. And then I thought that he was turning the season around against Cincinnati. He had a he had a he was a monster in their backfield the first half against Cincinnati, and then disappeared the second half. I get it. Like Andre Villanueva, he doesn't have age on his side. Yep. But the Ravens need better. And if the Ravens are going to expect to make a playoff run, because they had that really hard last seven games on their schedule, they're going to need him to be a monster in the backfield. He's got to get back to that form. He hasn't shown it yet with the Ravens. All right, let me get to some others. Uh, John Proctor, five. Lamar Jackson, for the you can't, you, you can't cheat, he says, the whole pass rush. You have to give a name. You know that better. Three, Villanueva, um, two, Patrick Queen, and one, Greg Roman. Can we not utilize running backs more, save Lamar, establish the pass via the run? I hear you. They don't have a running back, man. Like, I, I can't put that on Greg Roman. They just don't have one. They don't have anything at the position. It's very difficult. I, I hear you. I get it, but it's hard for me. Uh, from Jazz, uh, five, Lamar, four, Villanueva, three, Tyson Williams, two, Marlon Humphrey, one, Anthony Averett. I, I, that one doesn't make sense to me. I get that Anthony Averett's had his moments, right, like where he hasn't looked good, but I think for the totality of, you know, I think he's he's actually been better than I probably expected Anthony Averett to be. So that one's tough for me. Uh, Paul from Obilando, five, Villanueva, four, Powers, three, Malik Harrison, 
Ben Powers, it's a tough one, too, just because of expectations. He said, look, I just had to pick one of the guards, okay? Um, three, Malik Harrison. I hear you. I do. Two, Patrick Queen. One, Wink Martindale. Um, I'll get the more of yours. We got we to gotta, uh, move a little bit quicker, so let's go ahead and do our uh, pats on the ass. Um, by the way, this is also brought to you by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday. I'll be with you at halftime, myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, postgame. For the Baltimore-Minnesota matchup, join us Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Postgame also at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. Uh, my number five is Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell has been unbelievably consistent. Um, not spectacular, but he's just been consistent from week one to week seven, which is particularly remarkable considering he's 35 years old. Calais Campbell's my number five. Number five for me is Adafi Owe. Heading into the bye, he had the most quarterback pressures of any rookie in the league. He has three sacks compared to the zero he had his final year at Penn State, and a lot of those plays that he's made have been difference makers in games that they've won. I I, I have Adafi Owe at number four on my list. By the way, I think you can bring your level up a little bit. Um, I have Adafi Owe at number four on my list. He's been outstanding, while maybe not as consistent from week to week. His spectacular has been clearly quite spectacular. Adafi Owe is my number four. Uh, number four for me is Hollywood Brown. He'd be higher if it weren't for all the r- touchdown drops. Real tough one for me. I had to leave him off the list. I'll explain in a second. It was tough for me. He's, he's obviously be the third offensive player. I just, I'll get to it. Yeah, for me, he's number four because entering the bye, he was top 10 in the NFL oh, and receiving yards and touchdowns. He'd have even more than that without the drop issues, and that's why he's not higher. I, I, he's been unbelievable. He just missed because I have to put Justin Tucker on my list. Justin Tucker is my number three. I can't make a list and not acknowledge the fact that Justin Tucker literally won them a game by doing the impossible. Yeah. And he's Justin Tucker, right? Like, it'd be a lot of years where I'd just say, well, he's a kicker, you know, like, I'd leave him off. But because they specifically won a game because of him, I can't leave Justin Tucker off my list. So I'm sorry to Hollywood Brown. You know, he's he gets left off the list because Justin Tucker has to make it at number three. Uh, for me, number three is Lamar Jackson. There's not one quarterback in the NFL, maybe not one player in the NFL that means more to his team. He's been Superman at times this season. Sometimes he still struggles to hold on to the football, and sometimes he misses his receivers. But when the game's on the line, he steps up time and time again. Uh, he's my number one because he's Lamar Jackson. He's number one on my number five on my slaps, number one on my pats. I mean, he's Lamar Jackson. Where where in the f would this football team be without that dude? Um, he's number one, and I get it's it's a little bit difficult because. My number two is Mark Andrews, and you could argue that Mark Andrews has been, like, he's made fewer mistakes than Lamar Jackson has. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's just that Lamar Jackson is more valuable. That's the, and I get it, like, eternally, this will always be the way the quarterbacks get looked at. It's just, you know, maybe a little bit unfair, but it's the nature of the beast, man. Mark Andrews has been wonderful. Um, you can argue at this point he's been the best tight end in the NFL this season. Mark Andrews is number two on my list. Word for word, what I said about Mark Andrews. There's not a tight end in the league playing better. And that, apologies to Travis Kelsey. There's not a tight end in the league playing better than Mark Andrews. It's a reality. So yeah. who who it was? So my number one, and again, this is built off of expectations. What Lamar does, I kind of expected at this point, watching him day in and day out. For me, number one is Anthony Avery. Oh boy, wow, uh, wow. Look, he, he Wink Martindale made the bold statement at the beginning of training camp that Avery was the third best corner of the team and had all, all pro pro potential. It's high praise when you consider that Marcus Peters and, Mar- and Marlon Humphrey are in that locker room with him. Uh, Peters tore his ACL. Avery got thrust into a starting position. And with the exception of the Colts game, he stepped up to the challenge. He's one of the highest targeted uh, corners in the NFL. And he has just done his job time and time again. Uh, again, based on expectations, I had no expectations for Anthony Averett and what he's done. He's been arguably the, maybe one of your best defendi- defensive players on the team this year. I mean, I, I think Anthony Averett's been great. I, there, unfortunately, there has been a little bit too much 
not enough that I would put him on the other list, but there have been a couple. There's just been moments where it has been bad for me to have put him on my list above mm-hmm. either the defensive players that I chose. Like I couldn't put him higher than Clayus Campbell, um, but he would certainly be like on guys that I would have considered. He was certainly a, on the list of guys that I would have considered. Anthony Averett. Yeah, again, um, all based on expectations. I hear me. you. I hear you. Uh, quickly from uh, Jazz, uh, five Averett, four Hollywood Brown, three Owe, two Lamar, one Justin Tucker. Uh, from Paul in Ovilando, five Tavon Young, four Calais, three Hollywood, two Patrick McCary. Man, you know what? I didn't think about Patrick McCary, but that is a great argument. Patrick McCary, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had him higher than Hollywood on my list, but Patrick McCary, absolutely de- deserving of recognition for this point in the season. He has really been quite good. And from Dave, Dave says, uh, Glenn, I think that the truth for me is that whenever the Ravens win, Lamar's going to be number one. And whenever the Ravens lose, Lamar's going to be number one. It's just the reality. That's a fair point that you make, Dave. Uh, but we try to make lists anyway and try to have some thought put into them. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Your pats on the ass and slaps in the helmet for the quote-unquote first half of the season. We'll keep sharing them out as we go along. Today's show also brought to you by, uh, this one's brought to you by uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort or convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News joins us next. We'll talk a little bit more about what could happen at the trade deadline. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? 
Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. I realize when I do that read sometimes that the Baltimore me comes out when I say oil. Like, it sometimes comes out as oil. Like, oil. I don't have much of a Baltimore accent, but, like, if it comes out, it sometimes comes out when I do, do that read. Motor oil. Motor <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Tim Kirk shouldn't be laughing hysterically. No doubt. No question that would be the case. Uh, Proctor um, sent me his uh, his sl- uh, pats and said, Andrews, Owe, Hollywood, Averett, and Lamar. Yes, Tucker gets left out, but he's the GOAT. He doesn't need my praise. <laughs> Man, I hear you. I still have to acknowledge it. Continue to get me yours. Zach Len Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, pats and slaps the first half of the season. Trade deadline is tomorrow. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about it. He, of course, covers the NFL for the Sporting News. It's always a pleasure to welcome Vinny Iyer back to the program. Vinny, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it looks like we might have some action here on the trade deadline, maybe for running back. Yeah. At this point with- so that looks like the position to watch it now all of a sudden. Well, and that's particularly relevant to us here in Baltimore, Vinny, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, how how much does – I mean, the, the, are the Titans in a place now where they have to trade for a running back? Like, they, they can't just turn things over to McNichol, right? It's... No, I mean, McNichols is more of a kind of receiving back, change of pace. Their other option is Dontrell Hilliard. He was with the Browns last year, a couple of years ago. So those are their options. None of those guys are going to move the needle and going to help your running game all that much. You need to kind of trust a veteran. It's interesting. There's already the Adrian Peterson workout. I mean, it looks like we will never see Adrian Peterson retire. I don't know if he's going to be the answer. looks like they're going to try to avoid trading for a back, but there's some backs out there. You look at Melvin Gordon. I don't think his value is any higher. And the problem is, uh, are these teams considering themselves sellers? If you're four and four, the Broncos, you're not really a good team that everyone can see, but are they saying, okay, Melvin Gordon has helped us win a game against Washington. Do they think that way? So the other problem is you have some guys like Marlon Mack and uh, Carlos Hyde and you've got uh, David Johnson, Phil Lindsay. These guys are all in your same division. Is the team willing to help you out? or Are they going to try to make you uh, spend a little bit more than you would like to get one of these uh, players uh, because they're a division rival. So there's a lot of uh, conundrums here, the way that uh, you're trying to acquire back here at the 11th hour for Derrick Henry. And again, no one's going to be able to replace Derrick Henry the way that uh, he can perform, but you need to piece together something to have at least a feeling that you can have a power running game again. Vinny, I have always thought that that Marlon Mack made the most sense for the Ravens. Like, and it, and it, I get it. There's this possibility that the Colts could find themselves in a, a wild card battle with the Ravens. It, it doesn't look great at the moment, but it's a long season, and so maybe that makes them trepidatious. But 
I, it just feels like this is what the Ravens do. They don't need a long-term answer at running back. They've got their guys coming back next year, but they have to find someone who has some sort of burst because the guys they have just don't have that. Um, it, and it seems like it wouldn't be for all that significant of a cost. A- am I crazy to think that it's just always been the most likely scenario if the Ravens are going to acquire a running back that Marlon Mack would be the guy? Yeah, because he does what you need. I mean, he's just going to be power back. You don't need someone who's going to light everything up there for that team at this stage. I mean, their passing game has really kind of risen here. So that's been a good development for the Ravens with the Lamar Jackson is that you're figuring out how to use Rashad Bateman with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and get some plays downfield. Some other receivers have contributed as well at different points. But, yeah, I mean, you still want to have that running game that's reliable that you can count on because it's been tough watching Devonta Freeman or Le'Veon Bell, anyone carry the ball like that their early infatuation with Tyson Williams and their early just kind of dismissal of Tyson Williams after a few missed block little things he didn't get right. So it's really tough. I mean, running back is a position of attrition and you just have to manage it well. I mean, the Ravens usually losing two guys that they thought they could count on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So it it seems like it's more brutal than ever at that position and you just got to scramble and, have uh, guys on the ready, it seems like. Uh, it was very interesting to me this week. The Eagles, Miles Sanders goes down, Jordan Howard, they had him kind of on retainer, pick him up and play him right away, and then give him a key role. So it, it seems like every team needs to have one of those emergency guys at this point. Is there any world, Vinny, in which the price for Marlon Mack is, is higher than I think it is, or there's another back that just might make more sense for the Baltimore Ravens as they look for something? The one guy that I might look at, and I'm surprised that more people have not been more aggressive about this uh, player, but I think it, you just have to make sure he's healthy first, is Jamal Williams of the Lions. The okay. Lions are not going anywhere. We saw Jamar Jefferson get some key touches there. He looked pretty good, I think, playing with DeAndre Swift. So I don't get it. Lions should be using this. I mean, we've already seen aggressive GMs who said, okay, we're going to turn Matthew Stafford into draft picks. Yep. Even if we have to uh, deal with Jared Goff playing and really looking bad at quarterback. So he wants to rebuild his team. He's looking to acquire uh, Brad Holmes as many picks as he can. And this is a desperation. You've got to hang over that player if you've got it. And Jamal Williams, he signed a pretty decent contract there to be a one-two punch with DeAndre Swift. But let's be serious here. I mean, he has no value to the Lions right now. We're a winless team. And they should be focused on the youth movement. And it's not so much. And you say it's a real. It's what two years, six million bucks. So yeah, his salary this year is a million dollars. The Ravens could take that on, they, despite the fact that they don't have a lot of cap space. That's a number that the Ravens could take on um, to bring Jamal Williams in. That is a name that I hadn't thought about a lot, and it does. It does really make a lot of sense. And I have no idea why it's not a name that we haven't heard about more that would fit the picture for the Baltimore Ravens. He's Vinny Iyer. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Vinny, the Ravens are very thin along the offensive line. Um, we, we, we think they're getting Patrick McCarry back at some point, but we don't know when. He's done an unbelievable job filling in at right tackle. Um, but they're, they're thin. They only have like six healthy bodies that are actual like on the roster moving forward. I, I would think, and I, I brought this up with a couple people, there's got to be the ability to acquire some sort of depth along the offensive line, especially if you're not looking for someone that's necessarily a starter. And I'm not ruling that out either at left tackle. If they can find a left tackle, I'm all for it, because who knows where they're going to be with Ronnie Stanley moving forward. And I don't have a lot of faith in Alejandro Villanueva. But I, I would think there are, there's got to be depth pieces that can be had that don't cost an awful lot. It's... Yeah, you could uh, maybe look uh... – at, at this point, it's really hard because you've had some injuries with the Jaguars, but K. 
Cam Robinson, I don't think they're going to re-sign him there. Jacksonville, he's there. I mean, they might as well try to boost him at. Cam Robinson hasn't played all that well this season, but he's a body. Maybe you can look at him as a depth player on the team, and I, I think the Jaguars probably eat much of uh, what his salary's left here for the season. So you can look at a plug-and-play in that sense. It, there's not a lot of uh, backup tackles out there to be had, especially with a lot of other offensive tackle injuries for many teams in this league, and the teams are pretty thin at that position. But that's somebody I thought that the Jaguars should – I think in general the Jaguars should be looking to sell a few more pieces here at the trade deadline. You know, there's no – reason not to. They're going to blow things up. I think they're going to move on with probably Evan Neal of Alabama as their franchise left tackle next year in the draft. So let's just move Robinson, get somebody to help. And yeah, you could potentially plug and play him at left tackle in that scheme and uh, do pretty well here for the Ravens. So I I think sometimes it's a scheme and the talent around but some of these uh, tackles that are disappointing because Robinson I thought was pretty good a couple of years ago. So I I, and that's the thing about offensive linemen. Teams seem to want to have a rotational depth at that position. They're really clinging to what they have if they have a good swing tackle there. That would be the one that would be a bit more tricky for the Ravens just because, you know, his cap hit is a significant yeah. number, even when we're only talking about half the season, right? Like, it's still a significant number uh, that at the moment they don't have, but those are the types of things that can be worked out between the, the two teams if you want to make a move like it. And, I, you know, it's an interesting point, right? Like, if you're the Ravens, presumably you'd set yourself up that either you'd be looking to re-sign him to give yourself some insurance um, related to Ronnie Stanley, or you could be the one that gets the the compensation, right? Like, instead, you could be the one that gets the comp pick the following year if you do something like that. So it's an an interesting thought related to Cam Robinson. Um, I I don't feel as though the Kyle Fuller thing is is viable for a couple – I mean, everybody around here likes Kyle Fuller. He's a Baltimore kid that – you know, you'd love to see him come back and play here, and the Ravens have had some issues in the secondary, but it, it's a lot of it's a lot of money, and it seems like there's going to be a competitive market for him. Yeah, I mean, and again, this, I don't know where the Broncos are at, and they also had Bryce Callahan have an injury here on uh, Sunday against Washington, so I don't know if that changes their thinking again. Okay, I don't know what the mindset of Denver is at this point. Do they look at it where we can catch the? Raiders for first place here. The Chargers kind of maybe fading a little bit. The Chiefs seem a little bit vulnerable. I don't know if the Broncos, again, think they're better than they are. I don't know if there's also uh, related to that pressure on Vic Fangio to produce some wins here and uh, try to keep intact the victories as much as possible and push towards uh, having a better than 500 record. So so let's watch the Callahan injury because that could affect. I, I thought they would sell Fuller a little bit harder there for the Broncos, and I thought that maybe you might see a little bit of Kendall Fuller being sold by the Washington team. I mean, he's not been very good at all for them. He's very expensive. That's the issue there. But yeah, Fuller, I th- Kyle Fuller, I thought for sure would be aggressively shopped, and maybe it'll happen here at the trade deadline. But yeah, that, that uh, that's unfortunate. I think if uh, Denver had just kind of pre fallen a minute, two or three wins right now versus the right there at 500, uh, then you might have seen him be a little bit more aggressive and make those moves. But that, that that's a team, again, that I would target maybe be aggressive with that team and maybe force their hand to make a move. You already brought up Cam Robinson. Is there anybody else, Vinny, to you that, like, you know, we think about the Ravens with Marcus Peters a couple years ago. No one saw that coming. I mean, that came the, – the Ravens didn't see it coming. They were talking to the Rams about a different player, and suddenly the Rams are like, 
hey, uh, we're about to acquire uh, another cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. You guys have any interest in Marcus Peters? And clearly that worked out unbelievably well for the Ravens. Is there someone out there that you're just not hearing much about that you're like, I think this guy could very well be someone that could end up getting dealt by tomorrow's deadline? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard uh, now because I think in Jaguars, uh, you look at the C.J. Henderson, they already moved him earlier. The Panthers, so that kind of took away maybe somebody that you could get on the lower level that you could look at there. I mean, I don't know um, if the Patriots are willing to move someone like uh, Jalen Mills or someone like that. They're knowing that uh, they got to invest some money in J.C. Jackson next year, and they've already moved Gilmore off the book. So I don't know if that is a name of any interest there that would uh, come there. And, uh, you know, they have a little bit of history there with those two teams and yep. uh, crossing over defensive players. So uh, maybe that could be a name out there. I, I thought maybe there'd be a few more Eagles of interest uh, there. Steven Nelson is not under contract for next year. So I, I know he is, he's been pretty good there playing with the Darius Slay. So maybe a name like that, a veteran that you can plug and play in a lot of schemes. So those are the guys I might consider there if I'm uh, making a move uh, for the Ravens. But again, it uh, requires making a phone call and kind of saying, hey, what do you feel about this? Where are you going here? But uh, definitely with the Eagles not being in contention, I think they should look at every offer like that. All right, Vinny, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Who's the best team in the AFC right now? Right now, uh, yeah, based on the current evidence of uh, Derrick Henry being on the shelf, you have to say it's the Bills. They're the next-best team in line. I know they had a little bit of struggle there in those couple games, but the Bills are the most complete team right now, offensively, defensively. Look at them. Everyone else has kind of got major holes at this point. So, yeah, you got to say Buffalo's got to be the AFC favorite at this point. That could change in a hurry here if they are beset by the injury bug. But, yeah, 100%. Buffalo is the team to beat right now. All right. He is Vinny Iyer. Vinny, what can we plug for you, man? Um, you can plug a variety of things if you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just check me out at Sporting News. We have picks against the spread there. That'll go up later today. We get in on the early betting lines, which is always very helpful in some of these games. And we'll have uh, the decider there, the start set column. I'll have that up tomorrow afternoon uh, for fantasy football week nine. And then you can also check me out on the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast, uh, part of the Locked On Network there. So check it out, the Locked On Ravens. A lot of good shows there that should be listening to. At Vinny Iyer. It's V-I-N-N-I-E-I-Y-E-R on Twitter is how you follow him. Obviously, it's going to be a busy next uh, 28 hours or so in the NFL. So make sure you're following Vinny on Twitter. Vinny, appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yep, have a good one. Vinny Iyer from Sporting News covers the NFL. Appreciate him hopping on with us today. We can uh, take the break after Jeremy. We can go right to Jeremy next. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, which returns. It will be back this Thursday, 11.30 a.m. And I need help because I guess James Robinson avoided major injury, but that cost me a great deal yesterday. Thanks a lot for that. Um it's not a good week. Not a good week for your boy, fantasy football-wise. Good week in picks. Not a good week in fantasy football. But we'll talk more about that with KZ. He joins us every Thursday morning, 1130 a.m. It's all brought to you by CCBC Glory Days Grill in the Maryland Department of Transportation. We'll see you for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show this Thursday morning at 1130. Every Monday, we chat with our buddy Jeremy Kahn. You know him from the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. You see his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. And he is with us once again here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? 
Good, man. How are things? I'm all right. I got, I got, all right. Uh, a bunch of questions for you. Most importantly, we spent a lot of time, you and I, uh, for those that weren't with us at the beginning of the pandemic. Jeremy and I, between our two shows, probably spent no fewer than twelve hours discussing Tiger King. Yeah, I, I am. I think I'm utterly out on the idea of a yeah. second season of Tiger King, and it's not. It's not even about the blowback. It's not even about the fact that, like, you know, everybody pretended they or everybody liked Creed and then stopped liking Creed really quickly because too many people like Creed, right? <laughs> it, it's the. I don't think there's anything else to say. I just I. I can't fathom how there could be more at this point. And maybe I'll end up looking like an idiot because this thing will be that compelling. But I just can't fathom what more there could possibly be to say that we didn't already see. Yeah, I, I feel like we learned everything. Like, there would be uh, – I would be interested in, like, a 30-minute, 60-minute follow-up on everybody that was on the show. Like, But I feel like they did that with um, – uh, The Joe McHale thing, the yeah. Yeah, Joe McHale. I feel like they did some of that. I know um, – you know, one of the guys died, um, you know, uh, the one of the zookeepers had passed away, or one, I think two of them maybe had passed Jesus. away. But, like, I'm not interested in the three ways with Jeff and all this other stuff. <laughs> right. And, you know, Carol Baskin, sorry ass. Like, unless you're arresting her, I don't, I don't care about her. Like, none of it means anything to me. And it, it is kind of weird that we all became, for, as a relative term, Tiger King fans, or at least, Right, you know, and and it turns out that he's not a good guy. No, like, he's just a, he's, he's a not creep. Even somebody I want to fight for. Right, you know? exactly right. He's just a creep, man. I'm just out. I, I'm I'm totally uninterested at this point in this. Like it, it got us by when we needed it. Like when we we desperately needed Tiger King when it yeah. came into our lives, and I will always it be could, grateful for that. Yeah, it couldn't have come at a better time. And then to be honest, so like. But, you know, from Tiger King, I, I learned uh, about the best eulogy I've ever heard Correct. in my entire 100%. life. Correct. One hundred percent. Well, I, and I, I, when, if I die, I told you, I demand that you have a gay cowboy come sing about my testicles at the at the yeah. funeral. I demanded if that were to be the case. I'm going to talk about that in front of your parents. I need how that. Beautiful I they desperately are. need yeah. you to do that. It's very important to me, Jeremy, that that's the case. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm done. I'm over it. It's, I, I don't, like, the introduction of a Tiger King season two could not be less interesting to me like, at this point. You know, and, and I brought it up today. Sometimes we all want, we want more. And I don't know if you saw the story about Will Ferrell turning down Elf 2. They were, they were going to pay him, like, $29 million. And he said the script was so horrible that he didn't want to ruin what the original album was. And you think he learned from the Anchorman thing? You think that that, well, that might be part of that, too, by the way? That's a possibility, but I also stated why didn't he read the script to Bewitched before he was That's a that. fair point. So. That is a fair point. You're not wrong about that. There have been a couple. There have been Maybe a couple. Maybe he wasn't a, the $29 million a movie guy. But, <laughs> right. yeah, I think like sometimes we all want more, and then we see it, and we're like, eh, could have done without that. All right. You, know, you get so excited for it. I'm going to throw another one out that I'm, I'm good. I am done. I did it. I got through it, and I don't know where, because you, you and I haven't talked about it yet, but I'm done now. I don't need any more Squid Game. I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. Like I, I watched it all. I was a little bit behind everybody else. Like I, I think I'd only watched like one or two episodes. I finally finished it, and I got to the end, and I said, "Okay, I experienced it. It was quite shocking, you know. Like I, I went through all the range of emotions, but I got to the end and found myself saying, "I don't, I don't want to. Uh, uh, spoiler. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Have you, have you watched Paul? Are you at the? Uh, did you finish Squid Game? I watched it. I finished it." I think that the, without spoiling it, I think you can question: Is he going back? I, I just, I don't want him to. I just yeah. get on with your life. Like, I don't want more Squid Game now. I, I, I do I, not need any more of it. 
it's. I still didn't understand the red hair thing. Yeah, like, I didn't really. Either. I didn't really understand that. And by the way, was he like that? Was that Kelly Osborne that he was trying to look like at the end? <laughs> was that who that was? I'm it I'm done. Been. I'm out. Oh, let me ask you this: Did you watch it with subtitles, or did you watch it with the English dubbed over? I attempt. I started watching it with subtitles. Uh-huh. And my problem was I don't have enough time in my life to be able to be that focused on a show. I have yeah, to I'm be on my able, phone too much. Yep, I have to be able to watch it like while I'm preparing something, while I'm getting ready for the show next day. I've got to be able to watch it distracted. So I gave up on subtitles and watched the rest of it um, in English. And I don't. Somebody can say, "Well, that's a mistake." That's what I'm. No, stop, stop. It doesn't change. Like it's so flawed. The um, the we're really worried about the integrity of the game. Are you yeah. the game in which people are allowed to murder each other in the middle of the night? <laughs> You're really worried about the integrity of the game. There are a lot of flaws in Squid Game that we don't want to talk about because it was so different and unique that we just want to pretend like they don't exist. It was a very flawed show. Yeah, and, and you know there there was a lot to it. Uh, I, I was into it. Like somebody told me how great it was that I wasn't gonna be able to stop watching, and I'm like. I didn't get there, but I, I was into it. I wanted to finish watching and see what the outcome was. But again, it goes back to like, were you a lost fan at all? I, and yeah, yeah, I was. But... Don't you feel like that got really weird because it got so popular? Like we've had this with shows, where shows like the first season of You. Now season three's out, and they're trying so hard to make all of this work that I feel like. Uh, and I'm not telling you like season three is bad. It's just I haven't they, watched. They yet. never. That's, yeah, you, you, they never come back to being as good as the original, you know. Like, um, and and I, I feel like sometimes we as fans of shows, like we just want more, more, more. We're so gluttonous for it that it turns out you watch it again, you're like, Ugh. like I, I. When people talk about True Detective season two, like season two was a decent show, but when you put it next to season one, yeah, season two looks like trash. Yeah. So, um, and and it, like I'm not telling you it was great or anything, but it was definitely worth watching. And and I feel the same way now with. The Walking Dead. Like I'm so invested. I can't I'm believe it's still it, a thing. I'm... I can't believe it still exists. It's this awful. is the last it's year. It's an awful yeah. show. I can't believe that it's still a thing at this point. That is unreal to me. All right. Well, that's really all I had for you today. So thanks, but no. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no I had football, to... no no sports. I, no I, I had to get that out of my system. Like I and I've said I've told you before I would still be in if they wanted to do a deeper dive on Doc Antle. If like that's what they wanted to do, I'd I'd yeah. watch. But more Tiger. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm I'll out. Probably, I'm you out. know what? I'll probably dip my toe in the water and watch the first episode. And if it hooks me, I'll finish watching. I, I have. I this is my problem. If I watch a first episode, I have to get through it. I am not capable. I was talking about this uh, with uh, Ty Bowser and Deshaun Elliott last week. Once I start something, Deshaun's like, dude, if I don't like it, I'm out. I'm like, Boy, I wish I had that ability. Once I'm invested, I've got to see it through. Even if I don't like it, even if I'm saying to myself, why am I watching this? Once I yeah, start, I, so angry. I have to, I've watched, there's a dumb, you know, I love sitcoms, right? Mm-hmm. Have you watched the, the Topher Grace sitcom Home Economics on ABC? No. Yeah, good. Just keep it that way. It has nothing to <laughs> offer. It couldn't be, it, they legitimately thought they could recreate Modern Family. That's what this was. They said, Modern Family's ending, how do we get Modern Family again? Well, let's just put a bunch of people in different scenarios together and call them a family, and, th- and that'll work. There's nothing there. There could not be less there. It's, that show has nothing to say. Nothing at all. 
and yet I'm still watching it because I started watching it and I can't stop. Oh, and it's the same thing. There's nothing worse than that when you're just invested and it's just That's so the, bad. It's the, uh, the other one is the Goldbergs. I started watching the Goldbergs years ago. It was, it was cute, right? It was a cute little agreeable yeah. show you could put on in the background. You liked What's-Her-Face from Reno 911. Of course, Jeff Garland, who's, who's a genius, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. I'll watch this. And for a season, it was cute and like, ah, they're playing up the nostalgia. And after that, they had nothing to say. There is nothing to say whatsoever. They have nothing. This, it's the same formula for every show. There's some problem. They're just going to solve it. It's, there's nothing at all to say about the show. And I can't stop myself from putting it on because I'm still DVRing it. Like, I can't yeah, stop there's, myself. Yeah, there's nothing worse with them pushing stuff. Like, and that's what, that was my point with Lost is, like, I feel like somewhere in the middle, it got so popular and they had an idea how they wanted to end it, so they stretched it. And then, you know, sometimes a, maybe a show should be two seasons or one season, and then you create something new. Instead of people that are going to keep redoing all the shows we watched when we were younger, like, you know, there's a new Wonder Years. There's a, like, are they going to do a new Married with Children? What's going to happen? Can we come up with something that's a little bit more creative? And, like, you can do something. You don't have to call it the Wonder Years. You can call it something else. Yeah, right? but everybody's, and, everybody's saying it's really good, though, by the way. I, I haven't watched I, it I haven't yet. watched it yet and either. Like, you know, some, people, some people's problem is, um, you know, just how, how it looks and, you know, how things are going, whether or not it's, um, you know, like, People like, oh, Wonder Years, and it's a black family. It's like, come on, dude, just move past well, that. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't care about that. Family, yeah, a red right. family, well, whatever. Well, I mean, and apparently, that's part of the reason why it's so good is because it's it's compelling based on the time, right? Like, believe it or not, at yeah. that point, black people had a few more problems in this country than white people did, right? <laughs> yes, like, they did. Yes. It's st- still, by yeah. the way, the case. Let's make that very clear. The racism hasn't ended. Um, but it's part of what's made it a more compelling show. Is what I'm to understand. I admit I have not watched the show yet, but enough people have told me that I need to. That at some point I almost certainly will, and I have, well, to, have stop. to check it out too. Right after Wu Tang, because it's uh, for the, the children. The Wu Tang show is. On, are, are you still with the Wu Tang show? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, dude, you're insane. It's so good. It's All right, well, I'm starting so tonight, ridiculously so, NBA good. NBA and Wu Tang for me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm literally almost through season two at this point. The Wu Tang show is incredible. Cool. All right, uh, do the Ravens need to trade for a running back in the next 24 hours? Yep, I think they do. I, I, agree. I think it makes sense. If Marlon Mack's available and he doesn't cost a ton, I'd kick the tires on that, and I'd start calling some of these teams that are out of it and seeing what you'd have to give up to get somebody else. They need somebody a little bit younger, more explosive, and if Tyson Williams isn't their guy, then definitely go look at something else. So. Vinny, Vinny Iyer just brought up Jamal Williams in Detroit. I hadn't thought about him at all, but like, I've, Love liked, that. I've liked what I've seen from Jamal Williams this season. I, be- I agree, yeah. Absolutely, he'd be a perfect fit. I I don't know. I like. I think the word is that like the Texans really think they can get something for Philip Lindsay. I don't. I don't really understand that. But like, if I, you know, if 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 somebody thinks you're giving up like a third round pick for a running back, now nah, I'm out on that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing that. That's insane. Yeah. But you know, a, a day three pick, especially when you have like a hundred fourth round picks next year. Come on, man. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I think they need to do that. Um, it, it's such an easy decision. Yeah. Where are you as far as where the AFC is as a whole at the moment? Particularly, I, I think Buffalo is the best overall team, offense, defense, everything considered. Um, I think they have a tremendous home field advantage, and more than likely, unless New England gets really hot and New England's looked better as of late, that they, um, you know, that that they they make a run and they they have a really good shot of being a number one seed. But other than that, you know, I think the rest of it's kind of a crapshoot, and we'll see how it plays out. The AFC North a little bit more compacted now. The Cleveland's looking up. I said the Cleveland. The Browns are looking up in the rest of the division. Cincinnati had their hiccup yesterday. So who do you believe out west? Uh, is Are the Vegas Raiders the best team out there? I I don't know. And now Tennessee's got a stranglehold on the south, and they just lost Derrick Henry arguably for the rest of the year. Yep. So it's, it's just a tough spot, man. 
Jeremy Kahn is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. So I, we we had a we ended up having a lengthy conversation this morning. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be next season, Jeremy? Uh, you know, a lot of people mention Pittsburgh. I have no idea. I think I, I think ultimately ends up staying in Green Bay and they pay him. So I think that's possible. I do think that's possible for what it's worth. I'm terrified about the Pittsburgh thing, man. Like I am legitimately terrified, and and it's because like you look at them. And you, if they just had a quarterback who could throw the ball downfield, they'd be a threat to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, there's no question. Their defense is solid. They they have some issues with their secondary, but it's it's manageable because their their pass rush. Um, they, you know, there's all types of problems for them. So just something that if if they ended up with a, a quarterback that wasn't as old and uh, lumbering and clumsy as Big Ben is at times, um, and I again we'll have to see if he lasts the whole season. I I think they're definitely competitive and in the mix. I'm terrified. Like Aaron Rodgers, there if he still has three years in him, I, like that's that is a nightmare scenario. Uh, for the, now again, I, I don't know, but it, like when I saw him winking and smiling with Mike Tomlin a couple weeks ago, I was just like, oh no, no, that can't be, be terrible. <laughs> Did you see his Halloween costume? No. Oh, Aaron Rodgers went as John Wick. It's one of the best costumes. No. Best All right, hang on. That's gotta... why he grew his hair out. Stop. That's not really why he grew his hair out, is it? What? That's what the story said, whether you believe it or not. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so tremendous. Oh, my God. He actually looks incredible. Holy crap. Yeah. That's unreal, man. My God. All right, I got to tell you a story before I let you go. Um, okay. So, you know, we're trying to get this thing figured out with betting in Maryland, and it's really effing annoying. And I'll have people that message and say, like, why does it matter? If you're betting anyway, why does it matter? So I'm going to tell you why it matters. Um, Jeremy, I had an issue uh, where I found out that there were about $1,000 worth of fraudulent charges on my bank account recently that came from Hong Kong. I, nice. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I swear I wasn't uh, – there, was no, there was no situation where I was uh, calling up any, you know, trans- yeah, I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, the point being, I call the bank. I say, hey, what the hell is this? Can you take care of it? The bank says, absolutely, we'll take care of it. No problem. And they said, do you, want us, do you want us to do you a favor? What we'll do is we'll comb through and we'll look for any other charges that might be questionable over the course of the last 12 months. And I was like, well, that's very nice of you, bank. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And so the bank combs through and they find two other charges. And one of them I say, no, that was a, I know what that was. That was a Christmas present that I got from my wife that I had to order and came from the UK. They said, well, what about this one? It's from something called, like, Omarion or something like that. And I was like, to my mm-hmm. knowledge, I did not order anything for $500 from uh, the, the singer from the group uh, B2K. To my knowledge, that didn't happen, <laughs> right? So, no, I'm pretty sure that one's, that one's fraud, too. And they were like, all right, no problem. I get a message from the place that I put my bets in last week. And they said, uh, you need to pay us $500. Oh, is that what the company was? I said, What? They said, "Yeah, you owe us five hundred dollars." I said, "Excuse me, I, my, I got way more than five hundred dollars in my account. I've been on a run recently, right? Like I've been feeling good." They said, uh, "No, the original deposit that you made a year ago, uh, your bank decided was fraud. You owe us five hundred dollars." <laughs> I said, "What?" And they said, "Yeah, well, it should have showed up on your account as Omarion." I'm like. Why in the F would I have thought that was you? Like, why in the case? But that's the deal, because i got to deal with all these international companies. And so now, because they are like, well, and you can't pay it using any of your cards, because they won't accept it, because it got denied the last time. I'm like, well, how do... you like PayPal or Venmo? No, they can't. i got to use... Literally, this is not a joke. I had to go deposit money into an app, purchase an amount of Bitcoin, in order to send them the Bitcoin... 
in order to get my account back up and running. This sounds about right. This I mean, is that's what the companies are using now, Bitcoin, because it's easier to uh, make it work. I understand that, but this to me is why it's so important that we get this S straightened out in the state of Maryland. Like yeah. this is why when people don't understand why I get so hot and bothered about it, it's this. I shouldn't have to be dealing with shady international companies who are sending me. Oh, well, you can just send a moneygram to Rosalita uh, Herbenstein. Like, oh, I'm, that doesn't sound shady at all. I'm sure that sounds like what I want to do with my money right now. I'm sure that's a good idea. It's so imperative that we get this s figured out in the state of Maryland, so we can just do this on the up and up and not have to deal with these things. Yeah. Well, no, I I get it, man, and it's it sucks. I'm. I'm dealing with some stuff at the bank too. I had a bank error where I deposited a thousand dollars in cash in the bank. The ATM froze. No, so I went through, and it was on a weekend. It pissed me off so much. I'm still fighting with the bank for how the whole thing got processed, and there's apparently an investigation in for the next 45 days. And I'm going, wait a minute, I've never called you claiming anything like this. Oh I've been with you for over 25 God. years. Are you guys freaking kidding me? So. It's just been a pain in the ass, but I, I get that with the fraudulent charges. Somebody kept saying I was the guy ordering dirty nurses four. I, I mean, I mean, no, I mean maybe dirty or- nurses seven, but well, four wasn't that good. Yeah. yeah, I got to see the first three so I know what's going on. Yeah, correct. How am I supposed to follow the plot? I mean, like, yes. come on. I I had this three minutes at a time. I had this entire conversation. I went to a concert recently, and I parked in the parking garage that was closest, and we couldn't get the. We couldn't like they. Like, I kept pressing the button to get a ticket to park in there, right? And like the, it, yeah. it wasn't working. And now there's like people honking behind me. Everybody's mad. We're like blocking traffic out in the street. And so at some point, the arm just goes up, and I'm like, "Well, I'm going. <laughs> like, I'll figure out this problem <laughs> later because I don't want to deal with it any longer." And at the end yeah. of the night, I'm like, this, "Like, I don't know what's gonna happen." I'm walking. We're walking back to the car. And, like, I'm clearly nervous. My buddy doesn't care because he's been drinking. I'm like, I don't know if they're going to charge me $150 because I don't have a ticket on the way out. I don't know if they're going to say, you lost your ticket? Sorry, it's, it's the max charge. It's 150 bucks. And what we figured we were going to do, and smart on my part, I sent, when we got back, I'd said, get out of the car, go down and try again to get a ticket. <laughs> like, go down, and what we'll just say that we only came in for two minutes. <laughs> That's going to be the plan. Go down again and try to get a ticket, and if you can get one, then we use that ticket on our way out, and that's how we pay. And and sure enough, it worked. It worked, and they said, oh, you don't owe us anything. You're good. I'm like, thank you. You have to remember that next time. Yeah. I have a bit of a story of my own. Um, Back in 2012 or 2013 when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, I had a lady friend who was staying at one of the hotels down in Baltimore, and she called. She wasn't me. from Hong Kong, right? No, okay. no, I just no. want to make sure. Well, well it's it's not like a, a fraudulent charge thing. All I right. escaped paying a charge. Um, so she says, "Hey, I'm d- staying down at this hotel. We're celebrate. I'm celebrating. Come down and stay the night with me." Oh. So I go down and I get to the hotel and I go up to her room and I'm knocking on the door and she's not answering. And I'm knocking, and oh. I'm knocking, and I'm knocking. Oh. And we're talking a drive from Bel Air all the way I, down, I have a down very... to near where yeah. the Four Seasons is. Yeah. And so I'm knocking, and it wasn't the Four Seasons. I'm knocking, I'm knocking, she doesn't answer. I stayed, I stayed there for maybe five, ten minutes. I was like, all right, she clearly passed out. I got to get out of here. I go to leave, and it's the Super Bowl. The parking garage is going to try to charge me like 40 bucks. And I was there for five to ten minutes. I drove a 350Z at the time. And the bar to get out of the garage was at the bottom of a hill. So I drove my car. Behind the car in front of you? What's it? No, no, no. There was no car in front of me. Oh. 
my car was low enough that I drove under. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's well done. <laughs> I drove under the arm and wow. left without having to pay. Oh, that's remarkable. That's I'm remarkable. Sh- I'm sure they caught it on camera and they've changed it since Yeah, then. I mean, or, or, or you're going to be sued now by the yeah. Four Seasons. Well, the, it wasn't the Four this. Seasons. I All won't right. name the hotel, right. but this was – and it was almost – it was like eight years ago, almost nine years yeah, ago. Statute of so. limitations got to be up at this yeah. point. No doubt about it. All right, Jeremy Conn, what's going on in the Big Bad Morning Show this week? So it's just Rob and I tomorrow, then Ed's back. Um, I'm off on Friday. I'm headed to a bachelor party in Nashville, so I'll probably get in a little. Uh, we'll have some some fun down there. Some interesting time. Get myself some Hattie B's hot chicken, Ooh, and I'll be a happy. happy I man. love that, man. I'm a big yeah. fan. I, I actually one of my favorite towns, man. It's a great place. Enjoy, sir. Uh, all right. Uh, well, are you back? Can we talk to you next Monday? Is uh, are we good? Yeah, I'm back. All right, yeah, excellent. I'll be back. All right, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com to see his picks. Appreciate you, pal. Thank you. Thanks, man. Jeremy Con joining us as he does every Monday here on GCR. Uh, Proc- that's not bad. Proctor says, well, that's a, that's a classic mistake, Paul. She was at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. That's where you could have found her. I, um, I definitely had a situation where I was dating, whatever you want to call it, a young lady. And um, I had to be at a meeting when I was working at the old radio station we used to have to go to these business breakfasts once a month because of uh, Brian Billick was one of our bosses at the time, and he was a partner with this company that hosted these business breakfast. These like, you know, B- Baltimore business people get together for a breakfast and they bring in a a guest speaker or whatever. And they were very early in the morning at the time. I was doing afternoons, and I had no interest in being downtown. They were at the American Visionary Art Museum, which I love; it's a great place. But that's where the meetings were upstairs, and they were at like 7.30 a.m. Because the idea was you could do this and then go to work afterwards. Mm-hmm. So the night before, I'm, I'm, I'm kvetching. I'm, like, I'm just like, ah, i got to go to this stupid thing at 7.30. I've got to be downtown. Like, I don't want to be there. And she said, well, you know, if it'll make you more inclined to want to wake up in the morning, you could stop by on the way. And I was like, well, I'd have to be up quite early for that, but it would give me more incentive to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Obviously at that like you would you would be more interested in waking up if you knew, you know, you could you could stop by on the way. And so I woke up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> drove to to her place. And sure enough, not answering her phone, not answering the knocks on the door. And so at this point, I say to myself, well, I should have seen this coming. It's quite early. Right. If I were in her shoes, why would I want to be up this early for anything? But she was the one that offered. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't throw this out there at all. She offered. So I'm like, huh. All right. Well, such is life. But then I realize it's still too early for me to show up for this breakfast thing. It's not until 730. And it's like 545 in the morning. Right. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to just sit in my car like a weirdo for an hour? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So I legitimately, not a joke, I go start throwing rocks at her window. Oh, no. <laughs> nah, not kidding. It's too early, man. I'm like, I'm worried. Because she lived close. She was like, she had a lot of neighbors. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do these people, if these people wake up and see some creep throwing rocks at the window mm. of this girl, they are definitely going to think that I am some sort of psychopath. They will definitely <laughs> call the cops. Thankfully, like the third one woke her up. And she was like, what the hell? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Everything was fine. All, all was good.
But yeah, I definitely did that bit. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, you break the window. Oh my god, I was so. Because what was I gonna do? I'm just <laughs> in. Like, I can't go. And there's nowhere for me to go. Like, I would just be sitting in a you know a coffee shop for the next hour at that point. Right. I'd woken up, and then it was also like you made me wake up even <laughs> earlier than I already had to be up, and then you're not gonna wake up. Like you jerk. Right. <laughs> I was there was a part of that that was going on too. There was definitely a part of that that I was feeling. <sighs> Alas, say la vie. That's that's where we are. Oh, and I'm also with you, Proctor. Uh, married married with children. Would first of all, it, the problem is if they were to redo it, they wouldn't be able to do it nearly the way that the original no married with children. No would. And that's you wouldn't be interested in it at that point because you, the only reason you'd watch it is for the nostalgia play. And then you realize it's nothing like the original married with children. Right. You're like, I no. Is Have the you answer, watched no. one of those episodes recently? Like an old Married with Children? Yeah. No, oh, I can only imagine. The, My the, God, like the, I, the, they would never get yeah. th- that. That it wouldn't get past the pilot. No, hundred percent, a hundred percent. From uh, Paul, uh, up to this point in his career, is Queen comparable to Matt Elam and Arthur Brown as far as how big of a dis- disappointment he's been? Um, I mean, he's done more on the field than Arthur Brown did. Arthur Brown didn't play. Like, Arthur Brown didn't even get on the field. Um, so and he we, was a second-round pick. Yeah, he was a second-round pick. Um, but I remember it was a guy that a lot of people thought was a fringe first-round pick mm-hmm. and, like, thought it was a steal for the Ravens to get him where they did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he wasn't even active. So yeah. it'd be hard to compare him to him. Elam, you know, like... Queen's had a couple of moments where he's made some plays, and you've been like, all right, there's something there. And like early on last season, I remember thinking, like, this looks pretty good. Like, this looks like a thing. And coming into this year, my concern wasn't about Queen, the football player. My concern was that Queen was going to be C.J. Mosley, like a good football player that just couldn't cover the pass. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've all, I have admitted, I probably, in hindsight, I was probably tougher on C.J. Mosley than was. And and not didn't wasn't willing to recognize that he was a solid football player because they picked him so early in the first round. He was sixteen. Was that where C.J. Mosley was? Something like that. Um, that it wasn't okay to just get a solid inside linebacker. You can find solid inside linebackers anywhere. And they found L.J. Ford on the on the scrap heap. Like a solid inside linebacker to me is not worthy of a sixteenth overall pick. Um, you his liability against the pass was more problematic than what he was making up for given what you had spent on C.J. Mosley, right? And it was why I was never going to be surprised if C.J. Mosley wasn't back in Baltimore. Um, Patrick Queen, my concern coming into the year was that he was going to be C.J. Mosley. Right now, I'd, I'd kill for him to be C.J. Mosley. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I don't mean that. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> um, I, I, if that was the only problem with Patrick Queen right now is that he was C.J. Mosley, that would be a wonderful problem for the Ravens to be dealing with. The problem is beyond that. The problem is he's not even C.J. Mosley. So it's, it, it's, it is very difficult because I, I want to try to be reasonable about it. He is only not even halfway through his second season. He had a bizarre scenario in which he walked into in his first season, right, not getting a training camp, not getting a you know an offseason, I I, I want to be clear that I'm not writing off Patrick Queen. But we can't hide behind, well, he's graded out pretty well. It is a far bigger problem that he's not playing. It is a massive issue that you spend a first-round pick on a player that in his second season can't be on the field for 50% of the team snaps. It's a huge problem. Yeah. 
It's a huge problem. It might be something that you can overcome just because Lamar Jackson is that good. But typically, like the, the downfall of the Ravens the last time that everybody tries to, to project as being a Joe Flacco thing, because, again, it, people that are outside of Baltimore, they, they don't you should just ignore them, but I get it. Like, they don't know. They don't know what happened here. They try to project it as being, well, this is, it's Joe, Joe Flacco and his contract. That was the problem. Those of us that were here know what happened. Their drafting sucked. They went through a phase where they forgot how to draft. They went through a phase where it was Matt Elam and Terrence Brooks and Arthur, Br- guys that weren't even contributors. Utterly, completely wasted picks. Bronson Kafusi, Kamalai Correa. They forgot how to draft in Baltimore for years, and it was their undoing. They couldn't overcome that. This is one pick that we're talking about, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to be overdramatic about one pick not working, and I want to be clear. There's a lot of time for Patrick Queen to still be a, a helpful piece moving forward. But if this is the start of... We just can't trust him, and he's not going to be real. It, it sets up poorly. The Ravens have to draft better as they pay Lamar Jackson than they did after they draft than they did after they paid Joe Flacco. They must draft better. For what it's worth, so far Rashad Bateman, small sample size, thumbs up, right? Like so far, Adafi Owe, slightly larger sample size, big thumbs up. So that's a good thing. The Patrick Queen thing, it's it's unnerving. It's concerning. All right, we got to get to one more break, then we'll get a tidbit to be able to wrap it up. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. This is it, end of the road, final chance, final month for you to take advantage of the best offer they've ever had at Window Nation. Two free windows with every two you purchase, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, no interest payments for two years. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are high. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ty's Bowser Show. The next Ty's Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. 
The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to live casino and hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. So your mom was listening this morning? Your your yeah, mom was, was yeah. checking. I, I I told her that it was a, that I that I and this is true, mom. That I was just going to get a chocolate chip cookie recipe. I mean, it's, it's she said, yeah, I was young once too. Ah, there you go, there you go. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, though. Thanks to your mom. She listens che- every day. Oh, thank you. That's she very sweet. Of, every it's day. very sweet of her to do that. Thank you for checking in. Um, I'll do my best to, to learn more things about your son over the course <laughs> of the next. I banned my mother from listening to my shows some time ago. I said, this is not for you. Don't. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. I was doing a different type of show years ago. I used to ban everybody. When I was doing Hot Talk, um, uh, I just I said, nobody nobody I know is allowed to listen to the show. And they were like, why not? I'm like, because we're, we're doing shtick. Like sometimes when we tell a story, we might tell it a little bit. Like you, you're going to get offended by a story. That's not the way that it happened or something like that. And you're, you're un, you don't understand. There's a microphone in front of us. We're trying to entertain. Mm-hmm. So we might tell stories a step beyond what they really are, right? Like we might go a little bit further in telling a story for the sake of entertainment than what actually happened, which by the way, I really don't do. <laughs> like that's just what you tell people because you don't want them to think that you're like, so you'd say something like, ah, this person drives me crazy. Right. And then like, you'd hear from that person like, really? And I'm like, no dude, I'm just saying that cause I'm on the air. Like it's just cause the microphone's in front of me. So at some point I just said, you're all banned. You are not allowed to listen to my show. I was dating a girl in Arizona, and legitimately, I told her, you're not allowed to listen to the show. You are not allowed to. Because there's a dynamic, right? We're, we're all busting each other's balls. We're doing guy talk at the time. And she listened one night and was so upset, she drove to the radio station. Oh, my gosh. And I said, this is the end. <laughs> like, I told you, you <laughs> cannot listen to the show because, like, I can't, we can't do this. You, you just can't listen. There's... Listen to the country music station. Then you know, listen to whatever you want to listen to. Just not this show. Nothing good is going to come from that. And she was like, "Well, if I can't trust you, I'm like, nah. 
You don't get it. We're doing an entertainment show. We're trying to entertain people. Stop. Stop. And that was the end of that relationship. (laughs) That was how I knew that would not work out. But I'm glad that your mom listens. Normally we talk about sports. We don't normally talk about... um, I'll save the stories that that would really upset her. Uh, Okay. We won't say those on the air. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, today's show uh, also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which is back tonight. Dave Trembley, former Orioles manager, will join Stan and Ross tonight at 6, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can catch it tomorrow, pressboxonline.com slash video as well. Tidbit is brought to you today by ooh, Great Eights Memorabilia. They're doing a lot of things to help the harvest of hope this holiday season. You can meet Deshaun Elliott. You can meet Tyus Bowser at our next Tyus Bowser show and perhaps some special guests. They just need you to take care of those who need it this holiday season. We're going to bring back our coat drive this year. I'm working on some of the details of that, but we want to take care of this first and what Great Eights Memorabilia is doing for Harvest of Hope. So go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com right now with the number 8. Get more of the details that way for how you can help out with these events that we're doing in November, meet some of your favorite football players and take care of those who need it most in our community. Again, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number eight. What you got for us? All right. This is the first of two receiver wide receiver uh, tidbits I'm going to do this week. I'm going to save one for later in the week. All right. All right. Through seven games, Marquise Hollywood-Brown has 37 catches for 566 yards. He is averaging 15.3 yards per re- per reception, and 80.9 yards per game. In Baltimore history, no receiver has averaged 15 yards per reception and 80 yards per game in a single season. In fact, no receiver has ever averaged... To be fair, that does not stun me all that much. I was was a little surprised. Mm -hmm. This one really surprised me. No receiver has ever even averaged 80 yards per game for an entire season in the history of the Baltimore Ravens. They've only had 12,000-yard receiving seasons in their history. So this is the trivia. Only four receivers have ever averaged 15 yards per reception and 60 yards per game in Ravens history for a a single season. Who are they? Give me the numbers one more time. Only four receivers Mm -hmm. in history, in the history of the Ravens, have ever averaged for an entire season 15 yards per reception and 60 yards per game. Here's one small hint. It's happened five times by four receivers. So one receiver's done it twice. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, number one in 1996. He averaged 15.8 yards per reception and 75.1 yards per game. There's really not an actual order to this just because... The year he was with Steve McNair, did Mark Clayton do it? No. He never had a 1,000-yard season. You had, to have, you had to average 65 yards just about. Oh, okay. I see 60, 65 yards, yeah. He had a big year with McNair. He didn't get a thousand. He he led the team that year, but it was like nine hundred and eighty-nine really? yards or something like that. Okay. Um. So Derek Alexander. Derek Alexander. He did it twice. He did it in nineteen ninety-six. Oh, sorry, Proctor. Proctor also guessed Derek Alexander. Yeah, Derek Alexander makes sense. He did it in nineteen ninety-six at seventeen point seven and seventy-three point three. And 97, 15.5, and 67.3. Proctor said Anquan Bolden, but I don't think that's right. He never had a th- he never even had a 900-yard season yeah, with the think, Ravens. I didn't think that was right. Um, how about Marquise Brown? No. He hasn't had a 1,000-yard season yet. I thought he had 1,000 last year. Man, I don't know why. No, he had like 7-something. 
Um, Mason. Nope. Yeah, the average per catch is tough. Yeah, I was him. surprised yeah. it wasn't Mason. No, because the average per, t- per catch. All right, let me go with um, Kadri. Kadri Ismail at, uh, in 1999, 16.3 yards per reception, 69.1 yards per game. And then uh, Tory. Tory Smith, okay. 2013, 17. It's it's the yards per catch that because like Steve Smith was productive but could never have had that many yards per catch. Right, he he had the 1,000 yard season, but I think he averaged like 13 yards per catch. Right. Um, but yeah, it was Tory Smith in 2013, 17.4 yards per reception and 70.5 yards per game. I'm trying to think of. Oh, I, there is somebody else who had a thousand yard season. Do you know who it is? Who had a thousand yard yep. season for the Ravens? There actually, I want to say there are two. Let me double check on that. I want to say there are two others that had a thousand, at least one thousand yard receivers. So there was Steve Smith, there was Derek Mason, the four guys that we listed on here. Oh, um, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace had one thousand seventeen yards in two thousand sixteen. Yep. But there's no, that's it. That is the only one. I was right. That was the only other one. Correct. Yep. Well, they've had 12 1,000-yard seasons, but yeah, the, I, you're right. It's only like six or seven guys total because yep. Mason had like four or five of them. Yeah, Mason had one, two, three, four. Yep, four of them. Correct. And Kadri had two, and yeah, that's the list. That's the entirety of the list of 1,000-yard receiving seasons in from a from a wide receiver in Ravens yeah. history. Other from the tight ends, there's... Nope, nobody Not a thousand? No, no, nobody had a thousand. You're right. He never had a thousand. And neither yeah. did Sharp. So that's the list entirely of thousand yard seasons. All right. So you're going to save the other one, you said? Yeah, I'm going to save the other one for the All right, good, because it's already 1230. We got to go. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by the print issue of Press Box. Brenda Freeze is on the cover. It's our college basketball preview. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, ESPN for Giants Chiefs at 8.15, the Manning broadcast on ESPN2. Capitals Lightning at 7 on NBC Sports Washington and NHL Network. NBC Sports Washington Plus for Wizards Hawks at 7.30, TNT for Raptors Knicks at 7.30. Loyola Basketball hosting exhibition against Johns Hopkins at 7 on ESPN Plus. NBCSN for Wolverhampton Wanderers and Everton at 4, the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Um, on Fox, 9118 on the, uh, the CW All-American at 8. ABC, Jimmy Kimmel Live featuring actress Tessa Thompson. Uh, hashtag Team C's founders Mark Rober and Mr. Beast. Musical guest Lainey Wilson performs. And on CBS, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring musician David Byrne. Political staffer Huma Abedin and the American Utopia Playcast performs. Oh, I can't wait for that. I've been waiting for that moment for a long time. All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Thanks to Connor Orr from SI and to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stuff and things tomorrow? We don't have anything lined up, do we? Uh, not just, all just right. stuff and we'll things. All right, we'll work on that. We'll work on that today. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. If you missed anything from our college basketball preview show, you can find that as well as a busy day on Friday. Have a great Monday evening. Um, I don't care who. I mean, I guess. I guess do we root against the Chiefs? So go Giants. I guess. I don't There's know. Like no chance yeah. though. I know. Who cares? Yeah. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>